Welcome back to the next episode of Ranked. On this podcast, we tend to rank and list any arbitrary list we can come up with. And of course, for the month of December 2021, everyone is talking about the web-slinging hero Spider-Man. And of course, I have to bring in the man who I grew up watching Spider-Man with to help rank all nine Spider-Man films and the two Venom films. We'll throw him in there too. Tristan Phillipson, how are you doing today? Doing good, man. Doing good. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Um, This week has been a little fun. Uh, I feel like the House of Mouse heard that I didn't give No Way Home 5 out of 5, and so I have some mice visiting us. Uh, so you yeah, give home a five out of five. How dare you? I I know. Yeah, it's it's a travesty. It truly is. But yeah, we got some mice visitors. I haven't seen them today, so I don't know if the exterminator came while I was at work. But maybe we'll find out during the podcast if they're still here. You're not gonna catch the mice yourself, Quinta. Come on. Uh, now, to be fair, Tristan, I do have a backup plan because. I want all the mice gone before Christmas, all right? Uh, I feel like this podcast is going to be out a few days after Christmas. A little spoiler, we're recording it like two days before. Uh, I I want them all out before I sit down opening up presents with like a cup of coffee. I don't want to worry about mice all over me in the morning. So I want them gone beforehand. If the exterminator doesn't get rid of them today, I have a a backup plan in the morning. So I'll, I'll try something. Oh boy, what's this backup plan? You care to share or are you keeping that a secret? You don't want the mice to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe, you know, the prying ears of the mice. I'll let you know. You know, they're, they're a little dumb. I'm sure they'll forget by the morning. I'm going to take our garbage can, uh, which has like a flap on it, right? Yeah. And I'm going to tape a bunch of food on the flap and empty out the garbage can. And it'll be like a little trap for them. I'll lean it up against the counter with the food on the flaps, so they'll have to jump onto it to get to the food, and then I'll flip open. They'll fall in. Do you think that's going to work? Uh, I think it's better than waiting for the exterminator to come for the third day in a row. So, you know, I'll give it a try. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's worth a shot for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? I really don't know how smart these mice you got. Yeah, that's true. That's true. One of them was a real homie. Uh, me and him watched a foreign film because andrew wouldn't want to watch it with me a few days ago and so he like stopped in the middle of the living room and like stared at for like a good minute i thought he enjoyed it for a bit and then he and then he left mites are known for their taste in a tour french cinema. <laughs> it was a french film and our mice like i saw ratatouille they like paris so i thought maybe yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what it was. It was, it was a... actually one of his favorites he's looking forward to it all year <laughs> yeah, he was like yes it finally came out hd quality let's go are you not going to invite him on the podcast? <laughs> yeah. It feels a little uh, rude not to invite him at this point. Yeah, uh, honestly. Well, he's now seen one out of the 60 films for the 2021 podcast, so he's 59 he's away. Yeah, he's 59 away. He's, he's almost there. Was that French movie, that Tatane movie? Uh, no, it was uh, The Worst Person in the World. So if Tatane doesn't make it on, then I'm do- using that one. Okay, gosh. Gotcha. Because I was, I was going to watch Tatane this afternoon at, like, you know. 11 you know noon something like that right but i i don't have curtains in my uh, in front of my window and my window's right like right on the ground level like people walk by looking all the time right they don't have curtains yeah. there and so i started watching it and then like you know maybe i shouldn't have this on when my window's right there during the middle of the day yeah it felt like a weird film to have on in case people were walking by because it kind of felt like you're just watching softcore porn if you didn't know yeah you didn't know the difference yeah. 
yeah, yeah. Titan is definitely pretty graphic. Um, so I turned that one off and put on a week away instead. Yeah, and, and sorry to clarify, Titan is actually uh, France's submission for the Oscars. Uh, worst person in the world is Denmark, so it's not actually from France. So the mouse, you know, might not have been its foreign language. Speaking of Titan, I don't know if you heard Tristan, they just announced the shortlist for the foreign films. It did not make the shortlist, let alone top five nomination. Gosh. Yeah, so. Wow. Uh, the Oscars did not like that one, eh? Yeah, the Oscars did not like it. Um, you know, I, I guess I shouldn't have been that surprised, but I, I'm a little bummed. I was hoping it might make the top five. The critics seem to really like it. I haven't actually watched it yet, so yeah. I can't speak. It yeah. looks pretty good. It looks fun. It's so visually interesting. It's, it's, it's a wild film. But anyways, uh, speaking of wild films, we have the Spider-Man films. And, you know, the two iconic trilogies, the, you know, the less iconic, amazing Spider-Man films, and the two Venom ones. Yes. Oh, and, 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 and then Spider-Verse. Sorry, I didn't mean to forget that one. Oh, yes. The beginning of a, its own animated franchise. We only have the one so far, but a lot more soon to be coming. A lot more. Have they confirmed more than just the sequel? Uh, is not Spider-Gwen also not confirmed? And the sequel is now a uh, two-parter, right? It's a uh, Across the Spider-Verse Part 1, Part 2? Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's fair. also Spider-Gwen, is there not? I didn't realize that was confirmed, but I'm not surprised if they have confirmed it. I thought it was confirmed, and then I just haven't heard anything about it since. That's fair. That's what I thought happened. That could be it. Because, you know, Spider-Gwen was pretty, pretty popular. Yeah, she was, she was probably at the the biggest star coming out of that, the first Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse film. Anyways, we can start with the list here. We have 11 films to wrap up over the course of two hours, but we'll start off with what we deem to be the worst of the 11 movies, and that is going to not be an actual Spider-Man film. It will be the original Venom coming in at 11th place. So Tristan has this one at 10th, and I have this one at 11th. So this is, I deem this to be the worst. You deem this one to be, okay. Yeah, I don't like this one either. It's not very good. It's a super generic origin story. Just think of any origin story ever. It's that story. Um, with a bad guy with once again, has the exact same powers as the good guy. And none of the characters are very compelling or interesting. And it's only saved by a, a fairly well done performance by Tom Hart. Yeah, yeah, Tom Hardy's fine in it. I feel like the fact that he seems fine is a testament of himself because the script in this movie is terrible. Like, the dialogue is really, really bad. It's so bad to the point that I watched this film and afterwards I thought to myself, this villain guy, Riz Ahmed, he must just be a terrible actor. He was absolutely dreadful in this film. Like, I thought, wow, whoever played that guy... He was, he was just dreadfully horrible. I don't want to see him in anything ever again. And then, like, six months later, I watched Sound of Metal, and I realized, oh my gosh, wait a second. I guess he just had a terrible script, because he's a really good actor. So this screenplay, this the, the lines in this movie are so bad. Like, what, Venom tells Tom Hardy that he's a loser too. Like, isn't Venom supposed to be this, like, epic badass and he's, we're supposed to relate to him? Like, why can't they make an anti-hero actually a bad guy, right? Like, he's supposed to be a villain and they really wanted us to root yeah. for him and to do that, they took away everything that made Venom Venom. 
Yeah, they made him more like an emo goth kid for no reason. Just some weird outcast who hates everybody because he's a loner. And it wasn't a very compelling character arc for one, let alone both, Venom and Eddie Brock. So yeah, add that with the terrible writing as Quentin mentioned, the very unnatural sounding dialogue. You know, they talked in ways that humans just don't interact. And it felt weird the whole way through. Um, it wasn't a very fun movie. That it was just super generic. I watched this the day after I watched Amazing Spider-Man, and they had beat for beat the same plot. And I realized that after watching them back to back, that they had the exact same plot, just Peter Parker and Andrew Garfield's performance of Peter Parker was way more appealing and enjoyable than Eddie Brock and Venom were, that's for sure. I agree, yeah. I think they're both pretty dreadful. You know, we'll get into Amazing Spider-Man's shortly, but uh, yeah, Venom... At least Amazing Spider-Man had a bit of charm. You know, if you squinted, you could see it. A Venom, there is no charm to be found. There's nothing enjoyable about this movie, in my mind, at least. I know this is a very well-beloved, uh, you know, yeah, franchise. Yeah, a lot of people like this one. This one was pretty popular. Yeah, I have friends that are, like, cinephiles. They like, you know, uh, foreign films, and they're not super into the mainstream. But even they find venom fun and i i i don't get it it's not my thing at all i think it's one of my least favorite superhero franchises like i think i would even be more excited to see a dceu film than a venom film anymore like, i just don't care i think these are pretty borderline terrible yeah and yeah i'm not i'm not really excited for any more films in the venom universe or the venom you know this offshoot of the spider-man universe i guess is morbius gonna be part of this as well right you know in that same sort of universe i guess that they're setting up there i'm a little more excited for morbius just because jared leto might be more exciting than uh tom hardy talking to black goo but yeah i'm, I'm not holding my breath for it i don't find these films to be super exciting but you know um well, obviously, I put Venom, the original, at 11, and Venom 2, therefore, is higher. So if they're slowly getting better, I guess that's a good sign. Yeah, exactly. It's only up from here, Quentin. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So th th there you go. We got Venom in last place. You know, not my cup of tea, but, you know, uh, some people like it out there. Unfortunately, it's not the two of us. I'm sure people are already turning off this podcast, so we got some big Venom fans. Yeah. We've already angered a whole bunch of uh, Venom heads out there. Yeah. So it's, who else can we offend here today? Yeah, exactly. And to be fair, uh, you know, we have to make the list. Something has to be at 11th place. It just so happens that I also hate it. It's not, it's not that I like them all and this just ended up on the bottom. No, I genuinely don't like this movie. I'll never watch it again. Yeah, it's true. There are a lot of movies on this list that I like and some that are going to be relatively, you know, low-ranking spots, but that doesn't mean I don't like them. But this one here... I just didn't like this. Yeah, I would... I don't know how you feel about it, Tristan. Maybe it's just me. But I think there's clearly six movies of this 11, so over half, that I genuinely think are great. And I really like, and I'll watch them again and again. And they're just pure Spider-Man fun. And then there's three that I think are pretty whatever. I don't really think they're great, but whatever. I'll throw them on, I guess, every five years. And then there's two that I'll never revisit. Like, there's just two I don't think are good at all. Um, I said there's there's seven I really like. I'd probably say probably the seven that I really enjoy. Maybe just six, right? I'm like, yeah, six I really enjoy. One quite quite good. The rest are all whatever. Yeah. So we'll move on to number ten here. Coming in in second last place 
is one of the Spider-Man films where we're going to take a dip into The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah, I don't think anyone's too surprised that this one's ranking real low. I think, if anything, people are surprised this wasn't Deadline. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Tristan has this at 11th. This is Tristan's least favorite. So he's with the people. He's a voice of the of the folks. I, on the other hand, Tristan, I can be honest with you. I give this 8. I think this is the best of the bad movies. I, like, I, I don't mind this one. I think this one does do some things right. I think it just also does a lot more wrong. Yeah, this movie, I would dare say, is so bad it's good. I think this movie is truly terrible. This this is tr genuinely, of the 11, this is probably actually the worst movie, but it is so bad. It's hilarious. The, I, I, I don't, Venom, where's the fun? Did you have fun, Tristan? I, I sure didn't. Amazing Spider-Man 2? You're telling me Electro, who had Spider-Man dead to rights, just stops and starts uh, zipping between random pillars in the ground that's in an electric area to create a piano recording of Itsy Bitsy Spider. Who yeah. does that? A very bold man. <laughs> I, I about spat out my drink when I saw that scene. I... Totally forgot that he just started playing Itsy Bitsy Spider, and Spider-Man is just laying there like, oh, I hate this song. Well, bro, he's, he's letting you live right now. You have a second to, like, get yourself back up while he's singing a song to you. Like, I thought that was hilarious. It's pretty... It, it, this movie is a lot more fun than Venom, that's for sure. This movie is a lot more fun. Um, it has... It, it's pretty fun. It has its moments. It's really bloated and it fit way too much in there. And it does the horrible trope of trying to set up a franchise before worrying about making an actual good movie and making us care about the franchise that you're trying to set up. You just set it up instead. Yeah. And no one cares. And it most definitely did that for the majority of the film. It was all just leading up to whatever this amazing Spider-Man 3 was supposed to be, but it's clearly supposed to be some sort of Sinister Six type plot line. Yeah, Sinister and Six. it just never happened because this one bomb because they didn't focus on making Amazing Spider-Man 2 at all. They just focused on setting up Amazing Spider-Man 3. It's really funny to me that the original Raimi trilogy, obviously the third film, overloaded with villains. The, the, the MCU Spider-Man trilogy, obviously the third movie, No Way Home, overfilled with villains. The Amazing Spider-Man movies tried to do the same thing. They tried to overload the third movie with a crap load of villains, but the franchise was just so bad, nobody even wanted to see that like everybody wants to see a crap ton of villains even if the plot sucks but like we didn't even care anymore for the amazing spider-man like that's hilarious that that even worked out but they try they try to do it they they put in a good attempt that's for sure yeah I, but, and hey i would have i'm sure it would have been at least a very fun film to say the least i always i really enjoy andrew garfield as spider-man i think he does a great job um and of course i think he continues out this one i do think emma stone as gwen stacy was also awesome in this one I think the performances in Amazing Spider-Man 2 weren't, weren't terrible, but the, everything else about the film wasn't the best. Yeah, uh, one thing that I totally forgot going into the rewatches of the Amazing Spider-Man films is, yeah, Toby Maguire, or not Toby Maguire, uh, Andrew Garfield is actually a pretty great Spider-Man. I kind of forgot about that. I kind of went with the stigma that everyone else had that, Andrew Garfield's too cool looking. He doesn't work as Spider-Man. Uh, like he looks great. Like, you know, he's a good looking guy. But yeah, when you're seeing him, cool. when you see him in the films, he's so quirky and odd. 
but charming, which is totally the character of Spider-Man, who is like a charming teenager who's just going through life, trying to find love. And like, I thought he worked especially with Emma Stone, who totally loved each other in those films. Like, obviously they were dating at the time, so the chemistry worked out well. But like, no offense to the other two Spider-Mans and their respective partners. Uh, the chemistry with those other two relationships were fine. But with Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone, like, I felt stakes, especially with this film, you know, spoiler to an older film here, uh, Emma Stone dies. Like, that's actually pretty crazy. Like, I, it I remember... It was a really impactful moment. Yeah. And it was really impactful. It was a really great scene. It would have been better if the Green Goblin didn't suck so much, but... Yeah, also would have been better. Uh, I, I... This movie keeps trying to have good moments, and then it ruins it with just the stupidest comedy ever. Like, it, this movie's hilarious to me, where it has a super slow motion shots, looks fantastic. He tries to spin this web to save her, and then the web turns into a hand. Like, the... The moment is so good already. Why are they going for something so cartoonish? Like, that would be in, like, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. It's so animated. A hand-shaped web coming to save her. It, was, it took me out of the moment of sadness, and I just started laughing because it's so stupid. I love the movie. It's, it's, it's fantastic. But then you just don't get the symbolism. You see, the web was his hand reaching out to save her. Oh, okay, you now I got it. it. Yeah, oh, sorry, I must have missed that. It was symbolism this whole time. Yeah. You know, the story is really sloppy and really, really bad. Like, if they had a competent director or writers, this could have been good. Because I thought, yeah, her dying is actually a really powerful moment. Because you don't expect that in, like, a you know in like a kids movie right like i was not ready for that it is pretty crazy and especially how the ending of the first film is him telling uh gwen's father that he'll stop seeing her so she's safe and then he doesn't and then she dies because of it like that's powerful because he is responsible for it right like he feels and knows that he's the one that caused this so that's pretty like it ties in with the first film pretty well yeah, I think it's they did great. set up her, her death in the second one pretty well in the first. Really well. I think the, we thought more of the first, but the Amazing Spider-Man movies really had potential to be way better than they actually were. If only they didn't screw up, you know, the story and the directing and stuff. The, the pieces were there for a great film franchise, but it just never came, never came to be. So, so we'll get into this. Well, we'll, we'll get into it now because we're talking about the Amazing Spider-Man films. I think the biggest flaw with both of these films. Uh, by a landslide, obviously, I think the directing and writing is pretty bad. But I think the cinematography is probably some of the best Spider-Man has had. Like, I think, you know, this, they don't tend to look that great. But I thought they looked pretty good in both these films. Andrew Garfield's fantastic. I think the story, like, the outline of, like we said, Gwen's arc is incredibly well done. Uh, especially how the ending is him then returning to fight the heroes. Uh, sorry, him returning to fight Rhino and then eventually the Sinister Six not for himself, but for the people. Like, that worked really well. Uh, everything on board looks great. I think the villains in these films are the worst villains we've had in any Spider-Man film. Like, the Raimi, their villains are great. The Holland films, their villains are great. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man, a lizard and an electric guy, they're the worst villains of the entire franchise. So I think that really hurts. Uh, both these, they both suck in my mind. So I think that's... I, I agree. And it's not even like the, the villains they picked were bad. 
right? Like they did pick Green Goblin. He's always cool. And they did pick, well, not always. They screwed him up. But yeah, <laughs> Green Goblin also has potential to be great. Same with, I think, Electro clearly has potential to be great if you've seen the newest Spider-Man movie. Blizzard, Blizzard's only okay to begin with. But I'm sure, you know, they didn't do anything with them. Like, look what they did with the Vulture, who's equally as lame as Lizard or Electro. Mm. And they're really on pen and paper looking like the comic books of Vulture. But in Homecoming, Vulture's super badass and awesome. They developed him and they used him really well in super unique and compelling ways. But they just didn't do that with Lizard. It was the same story, story arc that Venom had with the bad guy with some crazy scientists wanting to build a, a better person and they successfully, you know, do their experiment on the good guy and that's how the good guy becomes a superhero and they screw it up on themselves and they become evil. The exact same story arc and it, it was boring both times. Yeah. They, they, they stuck with cliche story arcs rather than being new and innovative and, and changing anything about the characters from the comic book origins of it. Yeah, yeah, I think the villains are really the issue with these films. I think Garfield's great, Stone's great, uh, there's some things that work for this movie, but yeah, the villains are just so bad that it becomes comical. Like him falling into a vat of electric eels. That's just it's insane. Funny. It's hilarious. I, I, I completely forgot that was his origin until they mentioned Spider-Man No Way Home. And I'm like, oh my God, I forgot that's how his origin started. Yeah, it's really He fell into a pool full of eels. And then his teeth electrified together. So he's now cooler because his teeth are normal because they were electrified. I... <laughs> Yeah, and that's why I have it at eight. The movie is truly terrible, but it is so funny. I had a ride. Like, even Green Goblin, man, he rarely walks up to Peter Parker and he's like, hey, you know Spider-Man, you took photos of him. I need you to convince him to give me blood. What? <laughs> this is his story arc? Yeah, every everybody in this movie is on acid, and I, I, I had a good time. I <laughs> really did. So... That's uh, The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Uh, you know, we took a little break from Venom, but at number nine, we can return because we're going to be going to Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage. And uh, it's at number nine, and me and you are on the same page, Tristan, because it's, but we both had it at number nine. All right. We both had it at number nine. Yeah, Venom 2, slightly better than the first because I like Woody Harrelson, and it was also about 30 minutes shorter. Both of those are big positives in my mind. It had most of the same problems that Venom had. Don't care for the characters. Boring writing. Generic story arc. Yeah, that's pretty much exactly where I'm at. Uh, the length is very, very uh, positive in my mind. Like I think all superhero films should be 90 minutes long unless, you know, like their big tentpole films like Endgame and eh, the new Spider-Man makes sense. Like stuff like that. The length earns its runtime uh the first venom did not the first venom is painfully no. long this one's short i actually did not once look at my phone uh it, it just breezed by it was a good time that's all i wanted so that that's a huge plus in my mind woody harrelson's another one uh, and also i think this film is a more self-aware i think the first one they try they really thought they were edgy they really thought that they were for grown-ups and they're cool and the writers in this, this time around, seem to have a better understanding that this movie is kind of stupid. This movie's dumb. This is a movie for babies. I think they understand that. And so it's clearly more dumb humor. And, you know, it's, it's, it's less stupid in my mind. They seem to be aware of what movie they are. The first one, they seem to really take themselves seriously. And that drove me nuts. This one... They cracked some jokes. Uh, we're so silly. Like, I don't know. I, th I thought it was fine. This movie, I don't hate. 
you know, it's it's not one of the two that I hate, obviously. Um, so so it's it's fine. Yeah, this one's for sure a step up from the original. Still, just not my cup of tea because I don't really care for these movies or you know the atmosphere they're trying to create. There, I always find it boring and dull. But in general, this one's for sure better. A little more fun. It's putting highlighted. Yeah, overall, if you like the first one, you're going with this one. If the first one didn't really care for, not your thing. This one's probably not going to change your mind at all. Also, I want to. I'm very curious if the writers knew this. I doubt they did. But the final battle scene for Venom: Let There Be Carnage, which I like, you know, I'll, I'll give a bit of a, a spoiler warning here. This is still a film from 2021, so I'll give a bit of a warning here. We haven't spoiled anything yet for it, uh, but I'll give a quick, very brief spoiler. It's just. But the final fight scene is at a church, which I thought was very funny, Tristan, because obviously Tobey Maguire told Venom in Spider-Man 3 that if he wants forgiveness, go to church. And that's where they went in Venom 2, baby. They're just following his advice. Man. Yeah, they, they, they were like, we got to fight in church. That's what Tobey Maguire wants. Tobey Maguire knows what he's talking about. <laughs> Uh, I doubt that was intentional, but I did think that was funny that the setting was where Toby told them to go. All right, so we can go on to number eight here, and this is going to be the original, uh, The Amazing Spider-Man. So the first one here with Andrew Garfield. Tristan has this at eight. I have this at 10. I think this one is a huge step down from the last two we discussed, Amazing Spider-Man 2 and Venom 2. I think the first Amazing Spider-Man is fucking terrible i think this movie's pretty fucking bad it's it's just it's like the original venom where it is so generic so painful it has the exact same plot as the original venom they are they are beat for beat the same plot <laughs> they uh, are they're yeah. the exact same plot yeah i, I, I guess you're fair Spider-Man one is way more compelling because spider-man and peter parker are way more interesting than venom and brock i agree yeah yeah exactly it's the same Terrible plot. Uh, nothing about it is great except Andrew Garfield is fun. Like, and that's why I put it above the first Venom. Is he is still very charming and fun. I like it to an extent, but we talked about the second Amazing Spider-Man having terrible villains. This is one I wanted to get to. The first Amazing Spider-Man is the worst villain of any film in this franchise. It, the Lizard is so painfully terrible. Not only does he look terrible, his motivation is terrible. Nothing about him makes any sense. Like we're talking about a doctor, sorry, a scientist here, Tristan. This man is a scientist. Do you know how smart scientists have to be? Pretty dang smart. But what is his solution, Tristan? His solution is, oh, I lost an arm. I'm going to turn myself into a lizard. And then, and then, for equality for men, we should all be lizards. That way we're all equal. Because uh, at the beginning, he made like a press release saying, I want my scientific work is to make everybody equal, which, you know, uh, is, 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 is an interesting statement to try and make everybody equal. That's fine. People say that all the time. But his way of making everyone equal is to turn everyone into a lizard, which his, mo- his reason behind that is that way people aren't born with a missing arm like me or they're not born blind no we're all going to be born equal but like if everyone is a lizard tristan wouldn't that just make people born as a lizard with a missing arm or a blind lizard are lizards immune to blindness can they never have missing arms like why does he think a lizard is gonna it doesn't solve anything it just makes the situation 
for lizards and not like what is he doing? I think the whole theory was like lizards can grow their arms back. So if you do lose your arm, you'll just grow it back anyways. I think the whole theory in this this movie or this universe is lizards basically can like regenerate like like Deadpool type situation. Can they? Uh, I don't know about in our world, but in, in that world, they could. <laughs> oh, that's fair. See. I think it would have been really funny if he did the same thing, but it's for starfish. Cause starfish can grow their arms back. Like, why not make everybody into starfish? That would be a fun movie. And everyone just looks like Patrick Star. And literally, Tristan, ironically enough, it would make more fucking sense than to turn them into lizards. I mean, I guess, yeah. I guess it would. <laughs> yeah. It would also nullify Spider-Man's climbing on walls ability, because everyone would be able to climb up walls. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if you can tell, but I I think this movie fucking sucks. It's it's so bad. It's so bad. I I like this one. I think if the rest of if like the rest of this trilogy played out in the way Sony was hoping, I think people would look back on Amazing Spider-Man One as a pretty solid origin story and a pretty solid beginning to the rest of the the franchise. But with Amazing Spider-Man Two falling completely on its face and Amazing Spider-Man Three just never happening, and this one sort of being deemed as like the the only kind of okay movie out of that franchise, it doesn't hold up very well. Yeah, and the Doctor, or sorry, not the Doctor, uh, Gwen's dad, uh, his storyline's fine. I thought it was pretty bad the time, like, like when I watched this movie, but then when I watched the sequel, and obviously knowing uh, Gwen's storyline, I thought uh, it made the first film actually have more impact with the father. I thought it was kind of just a one-off character that just was pointless. But uh, yeah, I think if maybe the trilogy connected everything better with a nice little bow on top, maybe I'd like this more. I, I doubt it. I think this movie is pretty bad. But, I do think you know, they just picked a really lame villain. For this I do. I, I agree. I agree. And, and we'll get into the villain later, I believe. But yeah, I, I think I think the lizard's just bad. I don't know why Sony wanted the lizard so badly. Yeah, he's not that cool. He's really not. But uh, we can get into number seven here. Uh, going into number seven, we are going to be discussing, finally, uh, our first... Well, I guess, obviously, all we have left is Spider-Verse or Maguire or Tom Holland. But yeah, we're going to be discussing our first Tom Holland movie, and that is going to be Far From Home. Okay. All so, right. Justin has this at five. I have this at seven. Uh, we cracked Tristan's top five here. Tristan, what did you think of Far From Home? I really like Far From Home. I, I think Jake Gyllenhaal's villain as Mysterio is awesome in this movie. All the action scenes of him fighting Mysterio with all the, you know, the visions and everything in the face is all awesome. Super well done. Some of the coolest fight scenes, super unique. And then also, I really like Ned and a uh, MJ's story arc adding to this. I, I think this is the weakest Tom Holland Spider-Man we get of the three films. He's not... He's really not so much as a lead. It's more of an ensemble film than this one where lots of people are born to feel like. I really like this movie. I think it's a lot, a lot of fun. I think the action scenes are some of the best we get in any Spider-Man films. And that's saying a lot because most Spider-Man has really great action scenes in it. I think the bad guy is one of the most compelling. That's also saying a lot because most Spider-Man villains are pretty compelling. I really enjoy Far From Home. I, I think it has its flaws. I don't guess the best of the Spider-Man films, but one of the ones I really, really like, that's for sure. Yeah, I don't really like Far From Home that much. Um, have you rewatched it, or are you just going off the first watch? I've watched it. I, I didn't rewatch it for this podcast, but I have rewatched it since I first. Okay, okay. Because my theory of this is the first time I watched it, I, I thought it was pretty fun. I would probably still have it at seven, but I would probably then say there's seven good Spider-Man films. 
Uh, I think on a rewatch, this movie's pretty bad. I don't think it's that great. I think I still have it at seven. I think I think it's pretty good, but I, to me, there's six great movies, and then Far From Home is kind of sitting on the outside looking in. I think on a rewatch, this movie's not that great because it's really going for that wow factor of Jake Gyllenhaal being the bad guy as Mysterio because the first. 40 minutes of the movie is really hitting home these elementals are bad guys and we got to take them out and even on the first time I watched it I thought this is a pretty lame storyline I don't really think this is great at all but like I guess we'll go along for the ride and on a rewatch it's literally unwatchable it's literally just the first 40 minutes you, you can just skip because it's just oh they're bad guys woo they're scary oh no they're gonna hit the ferris wheel wacky and then it's all for nothing because like it's all just an illusion from gyllenhaal which i like you know as a guy that read some comic books obviously mysterio is a bad guy so i assumed it was just an illusion going in but at least on the first watch, it, the setup is great. And that moment where they switch the glasses is great, right? Like Gyllenhaal's villain speech. Uh, yeah, the villain speech is great, right? Where as soon as he leaves, he's just like, all right, we got it, baby. And they like destroy the illusion where like the room was empty. Like that uh, is still fantastic. Like, like that is really great. But on a rewatch, I don't think it is, like, I don't think it kind of, you know, I don't, I don't think it, excuses the fact that the first 40 minutes is literally nothing right aside from that uh despite the fact that i think as a whole this movie isn't great or even that good uh, this film does have one of the best scenes of the entire franchise and that's why i can never say this movie is bad because the movie has the illusion in the middle of the film where gyllenhaal has this insane beautiful looking visual for uh, Peter Parker as he's mentally messing with this guy. And it is truly incredible, Tristan. Uh, this might be a hot take because everybody really likes No Way Home. This is still the single best scene in the Tom Holland trilogy. This might be one of the best scenes in the MCU, period. I love the illusion scene. Visually, it is the best MCU has ever looked. MCU tends to not really look great, but this scene, Tristan, the CGI is beautiful. It is it's beautiful it's insane it's so cool i could watch that scene over and over and the cherry on top tristan is when he goes over to think this illusion is completely over that nick cage broke it up and helped peter parker out and he's quickly like, hurry quickly we caught gyllenhaal but there might be others who are the people that know about this secret so we can quickly save them as well and so he spoils who has it and then Gyllenhaal goes, you pathetic little kid. Like, I got you again, you idiot. And it's, Tristan, come on, is that scene not insane? It's pretty freaking insane. It, it's, it's, it's a phenomenal scene. It's tr it, it's incredible. It, re it really is. It might be one of the best, uh, like I wouldn't say best scene in Spider-Man, but truly a, a great scene. I, I really do love it. I wish, I wish the ending could match that hype because, man, when I watched it the first time, Tristan, I was, I was Amped. I was pumped. It's it, it's a really, really good scene. I, I think then the ball gets dropped. I think the final battle is pretty generic and boring. It doesn't match the thrills we would get in the later Tom Holland film. I, I think the ending kind of just falls flat for me. But if, if you look at that middle section, Tristan, it peaks high. It is so good. It's so really good. yeah, for the yeah. most part, I think as a whole, I don't think the movie is great or even that good. 
but I think it has its moments, and I, I and, and that's why I, I still see it as like a rewatchable film. I would always be down to check it out just for that scene alone. Yeah, I really enjoy uh, Far From Home, pretty much all of Far From Home. I agree that for the beginning is a slow beginning, especially if you already know the twists and turns of the film. The beginning is a little takes a while to get into it, I guess. But uh, yeah, it gets really good at points for sure. It's got some high highs and some low lows. Yeah, it, it's 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 fine for the rest of it. I think there's some good jokes being, I think Ned and that one girl being like a relationship oh, and the trip. Yeah. That's very yeah. fun. That's very fun. I think the rest of the jokes don't really land, but that that's a running joke throughout the whole th- film. That's very funny to me. We're like, they're in the middle of like a disaster situation. He's like, are you okay, honey? Did, 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 did you get hurt? Like they're literally like a married couple and they've known they've been together for like two days. So I think that's a very funny running joke. Um, yeah, you know, it, it's got its moments. It, it's, it's very fun. All right, so we can get into number six here, Tristan. And that's going to be the first one from the Sam Raimi trilogy. And that will be the very original, the one that started it all, Spider-Man 1. Which Spider-Man I, 1. I'm kind of shocked it went down this low at number six. But I have it at number four. Uh, Tristan has it at number six. Uh, on the dot. Yeah, Tristan nailed it. I, okay, I have this one pretty low at number six, and I know that. I, this and Far From Home were pretty tough for me to put where, what, which one was five, which one was six. They're both virtually a tie. I do think this might be like one of the best origin stories ever told. I mean, as far as like an origin movie goes, because I don't really count Homecoming as an origin story. I don't really see his origin right. story at all in Homecoming. But in Spider-Man 1, like, this is like the definitive origin story for Spider-Man. That's why I think another reason why Amazing Spider-Man 1 kind of falls flat. Why, why would you bother redoing Spider-Man's origin story, it was already done pretty much essentially perfect as much as the origin story could be. Yeah, I think I think this film's very fun. I put it at four mostly for Green Goblin. Like, William Defoe was really good. I was surprised at how great he was. I kind of forgot uh, on the rewatch. But I think he's really great. Uh, I think Uncle Ben's death is really, really good. Like, it's done very well which is you know it was not the case for amazing spider-man but like his death was really good i don't know if i would say i cried but i definitely got emotional watching that scene alone and it all ties in so well i think that's what makes this one and the second one very enjoyable films for me and it's just that i find both the movies are essentially actually very well written movies like unlike the amazing spider-man one and two like the scripts in these movies are really great like it like it seems so seamlessly how uncle ben's death then leads to obviously the guy that he met at the ring and then it leads into how he's late for supper and william defoe sees the blood drip like all these uh moments are kind of like connected so seamlessly and i i think it works really well i think the movie's very fun William Defoe is extremely evil and hilarious, and we'll get to Sam Raimi really over over the next few picks here. I, I think the campiness works really well in these movies. I, I don't know if it's because we grew up watching these ones, Tristan, and so maybe it brings the inner child in us. But for me, watching all three of these movies, like the campiness is so much fun. I, I don't know if it's the same way for like younger audiences, but I. Got, I, I, I giggled. I, I thought it was very funny to see William Defoe in the fire, dressed up as an old woman, and then just pull, turn around and was like, gotcha, Spider-Man! And like threw some grenades at him. Like, 
who who stands in the middle of a fire waiting for spider-man to show up just to fight them like the movie is very absurd uh but it's very fun uh willem dafoe is truly the the shining light in this movie he's very fun i think the camp in this most definitely holds up and that's what superhero movies used to be before the you know the nolan trilogy and the mcu they're all super campy and fun yeah and i really i really like that and the, the, this first one i think of all the trilogy probably the campiest of the I think Willem Dafoe's performance in Spring Goblin is, is is a phenomenal one of those one of those really really great villain performances. Well, a, a super strong performance for for a Spider-Man villain. I really enjoyed him in this one. I enjoyed him in, in all of his performance in No Way Home as well. He's probably my favorite in that one. But we will get into that more later, I guess. I thought he was fantastic. I think maybe the biggest issue, uh, which No Way Home did rectify is because Willem Dafoe was so animated and so insane, when he is in the full bodysuit mask, uh, it does limit it sometimes. His voice is so evil and campy, though, that it doesn't bother me that much. But I think because No Way Home noticed that and worked on that, it does kind of make me wish, man, I kind of wish we saw less of him behind the mask. Because when he was in his own house, talking to himself in the mirror, that's the stuff that's creepy. That's the stuff that's like actually like villainous and terrifying. And when he's having the Thanksgiving dinner, which you know, a pretty good Thanksgiving movie, if I do say so myself. When he's there, uh, yeah, when he's there cutting the turkey, that is one of the scariest scenes of the film. Is him once again not with the mask on, and it looks so good. He's just uh, sharpening the knife, looking at Tobey Maguire, knowing that he's Spider Man. Like that is, that's a fantastic scene really like it's chills it's really great and then the final scene uh i just want to quickly touch on i think the death of green goblin is perfect i think it is so great because spider-man is a guy that never wants to kill people and so he really wanted to save this person and the way that green goblin died by pretending to be his friend so spider-man wouldn't kill him and then slowly lifting up his board to come kill Spider-Man and Spider-Man uses his Spidey senses and jumps up in this beautiful shot. This one shot of him jumping over it and doing a flip and then going right past and killing him. Uh, it, it's, it's a pretty great death. Like Spider-Man's against killing. And so to have him kill himself was really smart and really cool. It was, it was a really awesome scene. A really great way to kill yeah, the Green Goblin. And it's also a death that's super impactful through the rest of the trilogy. It really sets the tone for a lot of what happens in the second and the third movies. Yeah. All right, so we can move on to number five here, and that is going to be uh, Spider-Man 2. We're going in order here, number one and then number two. Uh, Tristan has this at number seven, and I have this at number two. I knew I was going to have this one quite a bit lower than you. Yeah, Um, I remember thinking this one was fine, but on the rewatch I had a few weeks ago, I, I think this movie is probably top 10 comic book movies of all time. I think this is a really, really great superhero film and a really great Spider-Man film. And I think what makes it so great for me is I think it really holds up with how it looks. Like, you know, it's Spider-Man 1. We, we didn't touch on too much. Uh, it definitely has some DA, you know, it's, it's, it's aged. Yeah, yeah, it shows the age Spider-Man 1 for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's definitely aged at moments. Um, which, you know, uh, for the most part, it, it looks great. But there's definitely scenes where you're like, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's definitely early 2000s. Uh, Spider-Man 2, 
it did not age at all. I don't think there's a single scene that I thought, oh yeah, that looks pretty bad. Like maybe there's some CGI that's not the best because it's from early 2000s. But man, the fact that they use mostly physical for the arms and the arms are so great. Like honestly, like, you know, I, I don't want to keep referencing No Way Home, but it's because all the villains are connected there. Uh, I, I think, give it five years, I think Spider-Man 2 is going to still look better than No Way Home. Like, I just, it's just, CGI constantly keeps upgrading, and to use the physical effects with the arms were crazy. Like, they looked so good. Holy crap. Like, they, they physically look real. Like, it's really cool how they worked those arms to look like snakes. They had, like, green people in full body suits behind them, moving each arm separately. Like, the, the attention they put with those scenes is crazy, and it, it worked really well. It did look really, really good. The, the visual effects in Spider-Man 2 are, are top-notch for sure. Yeah, I would say uh, probably one of the best-looking Spider-Man films. Like, I think the fight on the building where he's holding Aunt May with one claw with some money and fighting Spider-Man uh, might be one of the best fight scenes. And that was another thing that I noticed in this film. I think this is the best action we get in any Spider-Man film. I think the train scene, obviously, is, like, the most iconic. But even, like, them at the bank vault, them on the wall, even the final scene with the giant electric ball... The movement of his arms and the movement of Spider-Man are both so fast that it like it feels intense. Like it feels like he's a serious threat, uh, and I, I think it's really good. I think uh, the wall scene is my favorite action scene. Like the movement on the wall is crazy. I don't know how they did it back then. Like it looks really good. Um, the train scene's you know hilarious of its own with his uh, with his face sometimes. Uh, and then you the know it's definitely got some good jokes. Breath. I always love the train scene. Train scene is great. Um, and I, I think the way, uh, I think another thing I love about this film is Alfred Molina is fantastic. Uh, what we were talking about on a podcast or so before that going into No Way Home, I was mostly excited for Alfred Molina. Like this was my guy. I was stoked for him. And it was all because he worked so well in this movie. He was so I, good. Like and every act, like every scene he was in, he had some fun quippy line where he's like, well, he does say put my aunt down because he doesn't know that they're related. But he's like, put her down. He's like, uh, butterfingers. He like drops her. Like, I don't know. And then he's like, you got a train to catch as he climbs away. Uh, and Spider-Man then has to stop the train. Like he's got so many one-liners that are really cartoonish. You know, they, they continue with the cheesy, campy fun. I really like it. I really like this one. I do think, I thought this one when I was a kid. Uh, I thought Spider-Man 2 was, was overrated in the weakest of the original trilogy. And after rewatching the original trilogy, I still have that opinion. I think Spider-Man 2 was good, but I think it's overrated. I think it's the weakest of the original trilogy. I, I, I like it. I find the whole plotline stupid with Falk oh, The whole thing is, he creates this device. It doesn't work. It blows up in his face and it kills his wife, right? And then he's real depressed. Like, well, shit, that freaking sucks. I'll just kill myself. Then it's claws, Tom. No, buddy. You good. Don't kill yourself. Just do it again. It'll work this time. Trust me. So he goes, all right. He does it again. And then it doesn't work. And then he just kills himself. It was just a... We already knew I was going to end. It was just... A, nothing happened. I felt the whole plot real stupid. And none of it ever made sense to me. It was just his claws telling him to do the same thing over again. He, as a scientist, you think he would know better than to think it would work this time. And of course, it doesn't work. The exact same, exact same thing happens the second time it's happened the first time. But we knew that before he did it, because he never fixed anything. The audience knew it wasn't going to get fixed because he didn't do anything different. And, and that is fair. I do think... Well, I don't know. I, I thought it worked for me. I, I do remember as a kid thinking this was the weakest one. And I think going in, I thought this was going to be my least favorite. But it really surprised me on this watch. Maybe 
now that I'm so high on it, I might be a little lower on it on a, uh, another viewing. That storyline didn't seem too silly to me, mostly because I thought it was interesting that his own device, similar to you know Andrew Garfield's own devices being the death of Gwen Stacy, I thought Alfred Molina, it's his own fault that his wife died, and then his instinct is he wants to kill himself. Like, like The dude is very depressed, but he doesn't realize that with the explosion of the first time, it destroyed the chip of the uh, of the arm. So he still believes that the arms are through his mind, that he's controlling them. He doesn't realize they're now controlling him. And so having the arms tell him, hey, this will work. We can like re- we can make up for what we just done and we can create this ultimate power source. In his mind right now, he thinks this is his consciousness talking to him, right? He doesn't realize it's the arms taking full control. And so I thought that worked out well that the entire time, he thinks he's controlling these arms. He thinks he's making all these decisions. And sure, he's a scientist. Might not be. I mean, maybe he should double check. Uh, maybe he should look in a mirror uh, behind his neck and see that it's broken. But I thought for the most part, the entire time, he just believes this is his conscience. That he's, like, he's just openly thinking to himself. I thought it worked for the most part. Sure, uh, it, you, maybe he should have realized maybe you should do something else the second time he did it. But uh, I, I believe he what he got an extra so some kind of special power stone or some something that made it didn't really fix it much. But maybe in his mind or in the arms mind uh, that would have done the trick. So probably not the greatest scientist, but I thought uh, as a flawed villain, I think his arc of being a good guy, turning to a villain because he lost control, uh, which really does symbolize how like he kind of lost control of himself because of depression. And then the final ending of him sacrificing himself because he realized what he has done. I thought that was a really good ending to have a villain kill himself. I do like the ending. Yeah. I like the way he ends it. For sure. Yeah. And, and it's, it's all on Alfred Molina. I thought he was really great on how he realized what he has done and he needs to rectify his own mistake by killing himself. That is pretty awesome. And you don't really see that much with superhero films. I don't think any other Spider-Man film has had that. And once again, I think it's interesting that both Spider-Man films now um, have had the two villains kill themselves in very effective ways like i didn't think either of them felt cheap so spider-man didn't have to do it it worked really well yeah they did end both the the villain story arcs in, in good ways that make sense for spider-man villains to end right yeah in good conclusions firm endings but you don't make spider-man kill them or just you know they fall down a cliff because they slept on a banana peel or something stupid like that yeah and push off the edge or nothing and correct me if I'm wrong, but Spider-Man 2 is the one that has him say pizza time, right? Yeah, because that's the one he, when he's delivering pizzas, yeah. Yeah. See, that's why this is the second best Spider-Man film of all time. That's my favorite. That's a good That's a good argument. I, do, <laughs> I, I never really cared for the whole Mary Jane, when she gets married to, to the, the football oh, yeah. player or whatever. I never, never cared for that whole story arc. I always thought that was, that was, that was pretty lame. All right, so we can move on to the next film on our list, number four, and that is going to be Spider-Man 3. Yeah, it is. So look at that. We're going in order of the Spider, uh, the Sam Raimi trilogy here, Tristan. Uh, number three, you have it at number four. I have it at number five. Clearly, uh, people are outraged that this is the highest Sam Raimi film on the list here. Uh, to well, be fair. Wrong. What? 
Well, they're wrong. <laughs> uh, to be fair, I have it as the lowest of the three, but uh, uh, you know, it, it's truly personally a, a loved one of mine. Like I, I love this movie. I'll be the first to admit I'm completely and utterly biased here, but I love this movie. <laughs> I, I'm gonna rank it accordingly because I love it. I'm biased too. Yeah. And, and, and on a rewatch, you know, there's a lot of times where I've rolled my eyes and there are scenes where I wish it would just end. Like the, the movie. No, like, hold up on a rewatch. The, the movie, <laughs> I think the movie, you know, uh, for those that don't know, me and Tristan watched this open in theaters. Five weeks after it was out. We had no idea. We yeah, it, yeah, it was, you know, I don't know when we watched it, but to us, we watched it grand, uh, the, the o- grand opening. We, we were there from the start, baby. We're here to support our boy. And anyway, I walked out of that theater. And I, I swear to God, I, I don't think I've ever felt a high as much as that. I walked out of that theater thing, and I just witnessed the greatest film of all time. This was also, I think, the first movie I was ever actually excited for. Yeah. Like, whenever we went to go to see a movie before this, Mom would always be, oh, we're going to go take you guys to go see Shrek or Shrek 2 or whatever it was, right? I mean, oh, well, that sounds good. But we never really asked our parents to go see movies, though, except for this one. This was one that we were we were stoked for, for from before we even heard it, but it was a thing, right? Ever since Spider-Man 2, we were excited for Spider-Man 3. We were stoked for this movie. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was so excited to see this movie. And when I heard there were three villains, Tristan, that means it's three times as good, right? We didn't think you were allowed to have more than one villain. I didn't. I don't think you were allowed. I thought they were like contractually obligated to only have one villain. I thought they bit of a rebel here. Just I thought they were doing something illegal, slipping in three. It was too crazy. It was too good to be true. But then it wasn't. Yeah. So uh, Spider-Man three on paper probably not like a very messy film. Probably an absolutely terrible storyline. The biggest flaw is obvious, and that that is bloated. They're they're doing way too much. There's too much crap going on in this movie. There's a lot to take in. Um, yeah. I think they really just kind of cut out the the Venom story arc and just had the Sandman story arc, like the main villain story arc. It probably overall in the end would have been a better movie. But I do enjoy all the, the goofiness that the, the Venom stuff adds. Him with the black suit and the... <laughs> And the, uh, you know, Eddie Brock in the in the church going, I hope you kill Spider-Man. And then he looks up with Peter Parker, and then the, the goop falls on his face and he turns into Venom. It's all it's all good fun. It's real campy and stupid and silly. And I get most people would probably hate it, but I think it's hilarious. It's, it's, it's very goofy. This is, uh, they vamp up the campiness, uh, and it kind of just ends up being an absolutely wild summer camp for this movie. It's, it's, it's wacky, it's wild. And I'm pretty sure he doesn't say kill Spider-Man. I'm pretty sure he asks God to kill Peter Parker because he took his job. Oh, you're right. Not Spider-Man. I'm sorry. Peter yeah. Parker. Yeah, he was straight up was like, can you kill this guy because he beat me at taking photos? Like, man, this dude takes his job very seriously. I, I do think that there are some genuine good moments in this movie. They get overlooked because of the, the, the ridiculousness of the rest of it. But I do think the a, uh, Harry Osmond story arc ends really well here. I think... Uh, Harry Osmond's storyline is hilarious. It is the funniest storyline of the whole movie. It's my favorite. It's my favorite storyline of the movie. Yeah, uh, that, that or, you know, Emo Parker are probably the two best. But oh, man, really uh, yeah, Harry Osborne and his master plan of when he finds out that he's Spider-Man and he killed his father, uh, Harry's master plan is to tell MJ to break up with Peter Parker or else. 
And MJ goes, okay. Yeah, I don't want to know what or else is. I, I will do it. I, man, I do not want to know what you were going to do. So she breaks up with Peter Parker. She doesn't even realize that Harry is the Green Goblin. She just thinks he's some random dude telling her to break up with Spider-Man. I don't know why she's worried, but she is. So she breaks up with him in the middle of the park. She could have said, hey, Peter, by the way, um, Harry's in the bushes over there. He wants us to pretend to break up. Maybe you should go check on him. Clearly, he's not okay. No, no, she, she genuinely just breaks up with him because she is afraid of Harry Osborn. Break up on the bridge. Then Toby goes up to uh, Harry uh, in a cafe shop and goes, hey, I just spoke to MJ. She left me and she said it was for another guy. And here it is, baby. Harry's master plan. He just leans back and he goes, I'm the guy. I'm the guy that she left you for. And then he leaves. He turns to the waitress and she goes, how's your pie? And he goes, mmm, so good. You say this like this is a bad thing. But no, is- no, just, just, no, 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 no. I'm saying this is one of the greatest storylines in Spider-Man history. This is truly, um, like, this is hilarious. I love it. I truly love that scene. I I absolutely love Spider-Man. I, it's it's perfect. Yeah, it is the the best the best goofy superhero movie. Easily number one in Spider-Man three. If you want like a fun, stupid, campy ass superhero movie. Spider-Man 3 is the best for that. I think you're convincing me. I, maybe I should have put this higher. This film is super fun. Like, yeah, it's, it's so it's many great so. moments. So many great moments. I'll pay your rent when you fix this damn door. <laughs> Iconic. Iconic. And then the girl... Her for different types of cookies and milk and stuff. Yes! Yes, the girl across the street. Yeah, I was supposed to say that. Fakes some cookies. He takes a bite. He's like, eh. Do you got chocolate? And she goes to make him some chocolate cookies. Like, she's literally just making him different types of cookies as he's, like, laying there on the couch like some badass god. Like, this film is so wild. And, and to be fair, you, yeah, you were saying that the movie would be better if Venom storyline wasn't there, which, like, it would be better. Would I mean, it, it would objectively be better, but I personally would keep Venom's story on. No, but, like, but I'm just saying, would it still be, like, would it... Would that fix it? No. This movie is just straight up bad. The the, the Venom stuff is like an excuse. It doesn't be fixed. It's already perfect. Yeah. The, the, yeah. True. But like all the Sam Raimi fans, uh, they, they keep saying, oh, well, Venom was out. It would have been better. Because for those that don't know, Sam Raimi didn't want the Venom storyline. Sony forced him to put that in the film. He just wanted it to be about Sandman and the conclusion to the Harry Osborn storyline. And they forced him to add Venom. And that's why the Venom does stick out. But to be honest with you, even without the Venom stuff, this is not on the same caliber as the first two, which are like, like the first two are like actually good action scenes, actually great scripts, actually great storylines. This one, I agree with you, Tristan. Uh, Maybe I should have put this higher. This one is truly hilarious and it's truly fantastic. But like the Venom doesn't fix it. Like, this movie, I, I, I think, <laughs> I love it. I like Eddie Brock's edition for sure. And so, if you have to have Venom to have Eddie Brock, I'm down for it. He's a pretty good foil to Spider to Peter Parker's, you know, photography career. Yeah, uh, the, the film is very, 
Very fun. I, I, I can agree with that. Uh, we didn't even talk about one of the cringiest lines, which is Venom telling MJ, uh, my spidey senses are tingling if you know what I mean, as he points at his dick. <laughs> you just can't, you can't write this stuff. Man. <laughs> Someone wrote it, and clearly, clearly this, yeah, clearly this should have been nominated for best screenplay. I don't know what they were thinking. I think so. I think this is a knockout. I like how even when we were kids, everyone else hated this movie. Like, me and you thought this was a masterpiece. I really did think this was a masterpiece. 15 years later, everyone everyone else hates this movie. I still believe it's a masterpiece. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm glad I grew up with this. I feel like if, like, it just came out now, I would really not like it. Oh, Um, I'd probably hate it. Yeah. You had to be there. Uh, Yeah, you really had to be there. Like, I was there in the theaters. I really, I remember... thinking this was the best film ever made and so i think having that love for it really made me appreciate it now i wonder what mom thought walking out of that theater because we walked out of that theater we thought we watched the master we thought we just i guarantee you she hated it she i guarantee it oh i guarantee you she hated it she must have thought we were so stupid for you thought this was like the best cinema could ever get we didn't think a movie would ever i really thought cinema peaked in 2006 i really did i it did (laughs) <laughs> it still has it still has baby and i wanted to bring this up now uh, to tie it in but oh the, the reason why spider-man 4 didn't end up working was uh, have you heard anything about the working development of that film trust i i can't remember i have before but i can't remember what happened it was that Sam Raimi wanted to do a film where it was Spider-Man versus Vulture. That was going to be the storyline for the fourth film. Uh, it sounded pretty interesting, but Sony, just like number three, stepped in and said, we will only let you make this film if you add... Do you know who it is, Trist? Ooh, taking a guess here. I'm just going to guess Rhino. Nope, they said the fans... They kept saying the fans really want the lizard. The lizard. They told him, they said, we really want you to add the lizard to this. And he kept saying, no, he's like, guys, you messed up the third one. Please let me make a good movie here. And they kept saying, no, 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 no. The fans want the lizard. Trust us. The lizard's going to be really cool. The lizard was the bad guy in Amazing Spider-Man 1. The the next movie that... Yes. He said, if you guys want to make the lizard... I'm done making this project. Go make another movie. And they came up with Amazing Spider-Man with the lizard, baby. I don't know why they care about the lizard so much. She's not that's, a- what I, that's, that's what blows my I mind. Like on, on surface level, in my opinion, lizard, rhino, vulture, they're all basically as equal in my mind. I, you know, I feel like most casual fans only know them as bad guys shaped like a specific animal that try to kill Spider-Man. So they can be as compelling or uncompelling as... The, the screenwriter is good at writing, I guess. You know, Vulture and no Homecoming was super compelling as a villain. Uh, Lizard and Amazing Spider-Man 1, not so much. Yeah, I really don't know what it was with the Lizard, but <laughs> uh, late 2010s, Sony really wanted the Lizard. They, they really did. I feel like, like the teenage kid of one of the executives at Sony really liked the Lizard, and they're like, my 14-year-old son likes the lizard. 14? Lizard I don't know, 8-year-old, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what 14-year-olds hyped for the lizard trust. I don't know. I'm sure some 14-year-olds 
Yeah. Yeah, I th- I I just thought when I heard, I was doing a lot of research on Spider-Man 4 before this podcast cuz after watching the three Raimi films I kind of fell into the to the webs I guess you could say of uh the fourth movie. Uh truly fascinating stuff. Yeah. yeah. Another another thing I thought was super interesting. I don't know if you noticed Tristan, but in all three of the Raimi films there's this actor that does a cameo in every single movie. He plays a different character. Have you do you recognize that? I did not. Yeah, no. so there's somebody that plays the same character. Uh, oh, sorry, he plays a completely different character, but it's the same actor doing a cameo in all three films. And then in the fourth movie, he was going to be like a side villain uh, that was going to, it wasn't actually going to be like a big foil to Spider-Man. Spider-Man was going to actually assist him for like a couple scenes, but it was going to be revealed that that actor was Mysterio. And that's why he was in all these different characters. Oh, that'd be pretty freaking cool. Yeah, I thought that was really cool how apparently from the beginning, he kept telling his buddy to do like a cameo and then he was going to have him appear in the fourth film as Mysterio. And that's why he kept appearing in Peter's Live. Yeah, I've, never I know, I know. I thought that would have been cool. But, you know, the, the film that could have been, <laughs> could have been Tristan, the Vulture, Mysterio, and the Lizard. Man, it would have been good. Would have been <laughs> Sony and the Lizard. I, I I always thought that was so funny to me. But anyways, Spider Man Three. Do you got anything else to say about this gem trust? Well, that's the whole Sam Raimi trilogy, I guess. Yeah. And I think I think right here definitively said it's better and better. You know, it's one of those rare trilogies that gets, <laughs> each time gets better. But you thought the first one was good. Wait until you hit the third one. It gets even better. <laughs> yeah, that that's that's what everyone's saying, trust. I agree with you. That's what everyone should be saying. That's the truth. Yeah, and one thing to say uh, quickly, because we didn't even touch on really at all the main villain. We kept talking about. The, yeah, we never even yeah. Was, And I like Sam Mansour. Yeah, yeah, we kept talking about the meme characters, uh, Venom and the Green Goblin 2.0. But, like, the Sandman is actually a really captivating villain once again. I thought he was really good. Yeah, like, once if they actually made the whole movie just based on Sandman and they fleshed out that sort of. I agree. The Harry Osmond and, you know, the love triangle with Harry, Mary Jane, and, and, and Peter. It probably would have actually been a legitimately great film. I, I think there is potential there for it to be a legitimately great film. But I'm so glad they screwed it up in a billion different ways. But they kept this one, you know, the story arc of Sandman still being, in my opinion, a really well done and really good story arc. Even with, like, him killing Sandman, or he believes so, he tells Aunt May, and Aunt May is like, but Spider-Man doesn't kill people. And all that kind of, I, I really liked all of that that happened here with the whole Sandman story arc and the redemption of the one who killed his uncle. I, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it, I really liked that part of the movie. That's kind of the heart of the film, so to say. Yeah, I completely agree. I think the retcon of Uncle Ben's death is like a little cliche. And, well, you know, I guess Campy kind of follows the, the Raimi trilogy through, all throughout. But. I do think the Sandman storyline is really good. And like you said, I really think if they didn't have Venom and if they cut back on the Osborne a little bit and really focus on Sandman, I really think this could have been seen as one of the greatest villains in film. Like, sorry, let me rephrase that. Comic book villains. I don't think like every villain in all of movies, but you know, of the comic book genre, I think he could have been seen as one of the best. Like I really think he had the outline there. It looked really good. The CGI... You know, it doesn't really hold up anymore. You know, that's how CGI goes. But for the time, it looked incredible. And it still looks really good. But, you know, it does still hold up pretty well, I thought. Especially the scene where he finally turns into Sandman. And he tries to pick up the locket 
that's still a pretty great scene. Uh, you know, it doesn't look the best anymore, but uh, still emotionally there. Uh, yeah, I thought Sandman was pretty good. I, I agree. Yeah, I, I think he, they, they kind of kept that one glimmer of real potential, but it stopped this film from being a complete joke. And I, I, I think that that's a, uh, it helps the movie overall a lot. I agree. Yeah, I, I, I do think it, it makes the film not an entire meme. You know, it, it's good. <laughs> it's good that there's some, you know, normality in this movie. You know, as normal as you can be for turning into sand. Uh, we can move on to number three here, which is going to be uh, the newest film to this edition, and that is going to be Spider-Man No Way Home, which uh, we're, we're going to... We'll, do we'll, we'll discuss for a few minutes and then we'll do a spoiler section because I think we really need to discuss the movie. Uh, but it did just come out. Like this is like two weeks yeah. old. Yeah, this, this so is brand new. By the time this podcast come out, the movie will be a little old. So maybe probably more people have seen it. Better. Yeah, you know, and you know, everyone's already seen it already, so I'm sure we're okay. But we'll, we'll still officially announce the spoiler. But we'll try and be a little on edge for the beginning here uh tristan has this at number two and i have this at number six so um yeah probably one of the most divided oh but you know i i we've both said that there's like a clear top six like i still think this is a very good film yeah if you have not seen it i do recommend watching it obviously i think this is um i've said this to plenty of people i'll say it again and I'll, i'll keep beating this drum i think this is one of the most fun spider-man films uh definitely one of the most fun mcu films that i've ever seen like i think this is a very fun movie i had a really good time and so i and i think everybody that sees this has a good time clearly this is (laughs) blows my mind top 10 movies of all time according to imdb and one of the top 30 films of all time according to letterboxd so this is a very very well-loved movie uh that my number six placement might seem crazy but i do think i do think it's a very fun time do you have anything to say tristan before we get to like spoilers yeah i i, I love this movie i think this movie is phenomenal uh and i agree with quentin the, i think there are six i i go seven first i think there are seven absolutely phenomenal spider-man movies i think surprisingly enough the home the whole homecoming trilogy the raimi trilogy and of course the one of the ones we haven't talked about yet, Spider-Verse. All, all seven of those, in my opinion, are absolutely fantastic movies. You really can't go wrong with any of them, in my opinion. I think they're all super fun. And No Way Home, I think, is... this. Were, I was really torn between putting this or Homecoming. They're both really close to me. I think this one just does the whole... That's not a spoiler, it's an all trailer. It's with the multiple villains thing. Yeah. I think it handles the multiple villains thing so good. Better than any other movie balancing multiple villains, I think. I think this one does it, does it the absolute best. I, it was. I really enjoyed seeing all of them come back, come back again for a uh, one last hurrah trying to kill a Spider-Man. It was super fun. Yeah. So, uh, do we want to get into the spoiler section? Anything else we want to say? Obviously, if you haven't seen it, you guys should go out and watch this. This is a very yeah, good film. Very if if you're watching this podcast and you haven't seen the movie, I question who that that individual is. Go watch it. Like you clearly like Spider-Man if you've gotten this far. <laughs> yeah. A podcast only talking about spider-man so you're gonna like this movie for sure if you like spider-man there's no way a spider-man fan won't like this film yeah if you're over an hour into a spider-man ranking with two random guys uh you've probably already seen the movie 
you know, I, 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 I would think so. <laughs> yeah, I'd be shocked if you haven't. And if you haven't, go watch it now. We'll get into spoilers here. We want to talk about first chosen. There's a lot of pretty big spoilery event stuff that we can break down here. Uh, what was your favorite part about the film? Because so much happens. Uh, I don't. I don't know my favorite part. I'm, my like, favorite scene, like the one scene in the movie I like the best, sure. was probably a uh, when they're on top of the on top of the school and the other two. Oh, really? Spider Man. Oh. Spoiler, I guess. We're already in spoiler section here. The other two Spider Men come down and they have a conversation with Peter Parker, who's basically just facing everything's going wrong for the poor guy everyone knows who he is the world hates him he, you know his aunt just died brutally when he was trying to do the right thing and they you know i had that conversation between between the three spider-men was super hard felt and really kind of wraps up a whole bunch of stuff from all the different spider-man movies that we've been talking about here particularly when andrew garfield started mentioning a line about how he stopped throwing punches that part that part that was i love that scene the whole scene i thought was yeah, I don't remember loving that scene, but it, it, it was good. Uh, for me, uh, the clear runaway for, like, moment-wise was when MJ falls down the tower and then Andrew Garfield is the one that saves oh, her. Uh, that, that, to me, cool. like, like I, most of the film, I, I, I thought I, I had a fun time, but I didn't, like, get into it. I got into it for that scene. I, that, that got me, and it was all Andrew Garfield's acting. Uh, he was... Like he felt like very I think Andrew Garfield kind of stole the show when he was Oh, oh no, no, it's it's not even kind of. He to I me, I walked away. I walked away thinking, okay, there were there were two standouts, and that was Defoe and that was Garfield, like two clear yeah. standouts, and it was those yeah, two. Yeah, going in, I know both. I think you and myself were so excited to watch Doc Ock. See what yeah. how Doc Ock, you know, see him back on the big screen. Yeah. But oh my gosh, the Green Goblin steal the show as far as the films yeah. go. No, I he completely agree. Yeah, I walked in excited for uh, Doc Ock, and I walked out uh, stoked that they looked at the villains and they knew who was the goal. They clearly, Willem Dafoe is obviously the better actor, uh, and his character clearly uh, worked very well for this story. No offense, I thought Doc Ock was kind of lame in this movie. I didn't think he was very good at all. I kind of was like, oh yeah, yeah, it was probably the right call. I think Alfred Molina is a good actor uh he was really good for the time with sam raimi i don't know if really he worked well for an mcu script but uh definitely without a doubt william defoe fit it and he carried this movie he was so good and like i already said with the mask he broke the mask he fit it so well it was incredible uh I yeah he stole new it outfit with the purple hood like he looked way more like the hobgoblin and i love that i love his whole look in this one he looked great I think he looked yeah, I thought he was very good. I thought, yeah, once again, that emotional scene where he, Garfield, uh, saves MJ was really the emotional crutch for this film. And yeah, I really walked away thinking, uh, I kind of thought that after watching the first two Amazing Spider-Man films, I didn't mention it during that section because I didn't want to spoil this movie. But after this movie, it basically confirmed to me, I really think Andrew Garfield's the best Spider-Man of the three. I really do. I was very, very taken away with it. I think... If the MCU had Andrew Garfield, they would have had the best Spider-Man. I think he works well with an MCU script, with the humor, with his charm, with, like, he just looks great in the Spider-Man outfit. Like, everything about him, I thought he was very good. I'm not taking anything away from Tobey Maguire and Tom Holland, because they were both really fun in this film as well. I thought all three Spider-Man were great, yeah. and that's what made it good. I do think 
it is impressive how all three times they've casted Peter Parker. I really think they knocked it out of the park. I think you're, I can't say any of the three of them are bad by any. No, I I agree. You know, all three of them, they've they all played them in different ways, and I think they've all really knocked them out of the park. I, I do really like how this movie. I felt still it did focus on Tom Harlow. Tom Holland's Peter Parker. He was still the main character. Right. And even when they added all the villains and all the other Spider-Man, <clears throat> they never lost sight that this story is really about Peter Parker and his relationship with MJ, with a uh, Ned, with Aunt May, and with, I guess, himself with, and with the other Spider-Mans, right? Like like how he interacts with the other Spider-Mans and all the other villains. They never lost sight of that while still paying enough attention to the other Spider-Mans and the other villains where I feel almost all of their stories got wrapped up in real nice ways. At least most of their stories got wrapped up in real nice ways for the other two Spider-Men and most of the, the villains that they brought in. I think almost every villain had their moment to shine and their parts of the movie that made it really great, except for Lizard, who most definitely felt the most tacked on of the five of them. He really felt like he wasn't there for a purpose. He was kind of just there. Or almost every other one of the villains at least had some sort of moments where they either redeemed themselves or shown character development in some sort of way or another. Yeah, I, I would really say the only villain that I thought had any depth was Green Goblin. I thought the rest were all pretty much filler just to give that appeal and that illusion of the multiverse. I didn't really think any of the other four were really developed at all. They were all kind of, they had their one or two jokes each. Uh, like, And they had moments, like I'm not saying they were, you know, cardboard cutouts there. Like, obviously, I thought uh, Electro, talking about how he thought Spider-Man would be black. Either. I thought Electro was really great in this one. I, I, I thought I thought I thought I thought he was like I thought he was better than Amazing Spider-Man too. Like I thought he was good, and I think they were all good for the movie. I just think because they have so much going on, I don't think they really had any depth to anybody except for uh, Green Goblin. I thought his he can't help but turn evil. That's great. Uh, I thought uh, how dark he got in this movie was really good and surprising. Uh, one of my favorite scenes, at least action-wise. Probably my favorite action scene by a mile. I thought most of the action was pretty fine. But once again, in the middle of the movie, the uh, scene where he's fighting Tom Holland in the apartment was really good. Like, really, really like, it, 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 was, it was a great action scene. It was actually that moment where, because I'll be honest with you, I thought the first 45 minutes were pretty bad. But it was at that moment where I stopped and went, okay, okay, I, I, I'm in this movie now, like, I'm, I am in it, it felt very Sam Raimi, I don't know if it was because Green Goblin, and De William Defoe was there, Trist, but it felt physical, uh, Sam Raimi was mostly physical stuff, and that made the movie feel very real, and that, it, it made it feel more intense, while most of the Tom Holland films is basically all a green screen, like, it feels very fake, I never really feel like, uh, you know, there's any stakes to this movie, but like when he's smashing Tom Holland into the floorboards of the apartment and they smash each other one at a time through the floors of the apartment, I don't know if this was a, I'm sure it was because MCU likes the green screen, but like it felt like, it felt real. Like it really felt like Tom Holland was getting smashed through a wall. Like it, it felt pretty insane, uh, which was kind of reminiscent of the Raimi films. I thought that action scene was really good. And then of course, Tristan, they, they had to top it off with them at the bottom floor. Green Goblin yeah. throwing the bomb, which kills Aunt May, which was a absolutely incredible choice. I did not think the MCU would ever have the gusto to kill somebody in a movie anymore. They just don't do that unless like it's like, you know, some CGI snapping of some stones. But like to actually blow someone up, like that's different. Like that's an actual kill 
it was crazy. It, it was it was it, it was, was good. very impactful. Yeah, and it did. Yeah, and it was it was and it was sort of like a a real changing moment for Tom Holland. Yeah, uh, the the yeah the moment was good. I'll be honest with you. We'll get into Aunt May when we get to the uh, to, to my nitpicks here. Uh, I I think she was fucking terrible. So I was glad she died. But the moment was really good. Uh, the, the plot did hinder on her making some stupid calls. That's for sure. And then uh, the other thing I really liked, uh, which I guess was kind of in the action department, but I more so just liked the event aspect, which is the last 30 minutes. Like, to see the three of them fighting together, uh, the three Spider-Man interacting is great. And to see them fighting together is pretty cool. Obviously, Tom Holland fighting Green Goblin in that final moment. That's pretty great. That, that is, that, that's some good stuff. I thought the ending, they stuck the landing. It was very fun. And then... You know, Tobey Maguire jumping in to stop him. I don't get why he stabbed him, but then it looked like he was fine. I felt like they could have just yeah. had him, like, maybe stab his leg, and then we know he's fine, but it was still a scary moment. Or they could have just had him die, but he stabbed him in the chest, and then he was fine. Kind of stupid, yeah, but... I didn't feel the whole thing at the end. Uh, that, I didn't feel like it really added too much, but I can't complain too much. I feel the rest of the movie was pretty pretty spot on. Yeah, and then I, I really, I really enjoyed most of it. And then I got one more pro that I want to say before I forget about it. But I, I think the ending to this movie, I, I think the ending was really good. I think it was the perfect ending that even I couldn't see coming, which was he's now living on his own. Everybody forgets who he is, which he had to make that sacrifice, which, which was good. And now he is like it, it was like these three films were his origin story. He is now alone in his own dingy apartment. We see the sewing machine. He made his own suit. He is now Spider-Man. And I thought that final shot where he's listening to the ra- uh, to the police radio and he's now going to jump out the window and try and save some people. Like that that Spider-Man. Like that was that was a great final moment and it, it makes me excited for this new potential trilogy that they've already confirmed. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I'm excited. It seems like this new trilogy is just going to be authentic Spider-Man, and I, I, I think that was really cool. I thought the ending was perfect. Yeah, it's kind of back to the old, the classic, you know, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Yeah. No longer the big intergalactic going to outer space fighting aliens, you know, which I thought that was another funny moment when all the Spider-Man were comparing their, the bad guys that they... Right? Very fun. One of the base aliens and one guy faced uh, an angry Russian in a robot suit. Yeah, yeah, it was so funny how he was like, oh, I went to space and fought a purple alien. And Toby was like, man, I didn't go to space, but like I still fought this black goo alien. And then Andrew Garfield's like, man, you guys both fought aliens? Damn, I, I, I'm so lame compared to you guys. I just fought some Russian in a rhino suit. Dang. Once again, Garfield carried this film, baby. He was, was absolutely hilarious. Every time he's on screen, he stole the show. He, he was, was electric. He was, yeah, he was truly electric. He kept asking him about uh, Toby about how he got the webs, like how he has it in his body, like that. Like he is the way his lines were hilarious. Like Tom Holland was good, but like Andrew Garfield just seemed so happy to be Spider Man again. It was so much fun. So happy to be invited. He looked genuinely happy to be on set. I love it. So- I love him. It was so much fun. And then uh, I loved it where Tom Holland was like, "Hey, don't want to break, but like I know a bit more about teamwork than you guys. I'm in the Avengers." to Andrew Garfield is like what you're in the Avengers that's so cool what is that what is that I like who's excited for him first and then ask what the hell is so funny so funny yeah um 
Yeah, I really do think Andrew Garfield was fantastic. Like, I, I, I loved him in this movie. He, he was fantastic. I want to talk about my, my issues with this movie, and that's why I have it at six. I, I think it's a very fun film, Tristan, and I, I think if I was if, if I was a kid, this I would have walked out just like Spider-Man Three, baby. I would have said best movie of all time. This is it. I'd be calling up my grandmother. I'd be talking to you, man. Uh, no way home. Best film of all time. And Listen, so I, I still walk that way. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You still genuinely think that. And I think if I saw Spider-Man Three in this day and age, I would have thought the same thing I have now, where I'm conflicted, where it's very fun. Uh, but I just think the I think the story is borderline terrible. Like I think it's just like Spider-Man Three, where like if I enjoy the fun moments, it's a very fun time, and, and I I think this is going to be very rewatchable for me. I, I do think I'll watch this one quite a bit. Very rewatchable. Yeah, and I think when I rewatch it, this will probably go up my list. I do think I'll start excusing its terrible storyline and just enjoy the fun rise, similar to Spider-Man 3, right? Like, I watched that film so much that now I just think it's so much fun. So I have it back-to-back, five and six for me. Like, like I think it's very much like Spider-Man 3, which is hilarious because Spider-Man 3 is what? The second lowest-rated Spider-Man film of all time, and this is in the top 10 of all time for films ever. I think it's crazy that, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm looking at it wrong, but this film has the same garbage freaking story. I, I think the storyline is terrible. We are relying on our lead character to not make one Tristan, to not make two, but to make three absolutely idiotic decisions that are so fundamentally retarded that I can't root for this guy. He is an absolute moron. And I, I know the movie needs to have like a you know some some you know strain of you know uh, disbelief. For all these villains to appear. I get that. But does like could the film not think of a better idea than to have him make three of the stupidest decisions I've ever seen in a Spider-Man movie? He made three back to back in 40 minutes. I really I didn't care. And when MJ died, I literally was like in my head, I was thinking, you you fucking deserve it. You're a fucking idiot. Like I do not like her dying had no stakes for me. I didn't care. She was an idiot. So that's only because you're a heartless bastard. All right. I, Most people. <laughs> For most people, that landed. Yeah, I, I guess. I, I like how, one, I wasn't expecting it at all. I wasn't two, expecting I, it. Like, this was a character that has been introduced, you know, four movies ago. She was introduced even before, I think, the very first Spider-Man movie, which not in a, uh, I think she was in a uh, Civil War at the yep. very beginning there. So, like, you know, this is a character that, like, Uncle Ben, they always introduce at the beginning, he's going to die, then he does. Right? This one, no one expected she was going to die. She was in multiple movies prior to now. And they really, they really led up to it pretty damn well. And I think her, her death was, was definitely still impactful. Even though I did find both her and Tom Holland's Spider-Man annoying at parts in this movie. Because the plot did heavily rely on them making some very stupid decisions. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't think it was impactful at all. But I, I'll agree with you. It was very surprising. And I do still like the decision. I like how they made a you know, a kind of a darker turn for Spider-Man because like they need to have that moment. And when they, the three of them were on the roof and they all said they all have to have a, a terrible dark past to become who they are. Yeah. Uh, it made sense that she had to die. I do like the decision. Uh, you know, I just don't like the, the, the steps they took along the way, but you know, as, as a whole, I still think it's a fun movie, but man, I knew the first one because of the trailer. I, I don't know if you saw, you know, I know you're anti-trailer, but like I knew going in, okay. Uh, I was interrupting Dr. Francis. Yeah, he was going to uh, interrupt him five times. Like, you know, 
the first time I get, okay, I don't want MJ to, to not know. But like Ned, you could just tell Ned tomorrow. Who can like, is that gonna, like really that's your big war, your, your aunt really? Like did, does her knowing even change anything? And then Happy, he wants Happy to know? Why the fuck does that matter? Like it, it literally like Spider-Man was just being a fucking idiot at that point i don't know like why like why does he just fucking invite the whole class at that point to know like what is he doing it made no sense but I, then I, agree. I thought that was real yeah real and then we get to uh the the, the real crux of the moment uh mj would, would i i put most of the blame uh, for the second idiotic decision on her because they finally they, they cut all the villains pretty quickly bada boom bada bing uh the movie's over baby and then i sorry i said mj i meant aunt may aunt may then goes you know what I'm supposed to look out for, like, like you're my son. I or not. I guess you're not my son, but you know, I'm, I've been taking care of you. Even though that should be my number one priority, I all, all of a sudden, even though we've never once touched on this in every other movie, this is what her fourth appearance, according to you, we've never once yeah. learned that she is very pro-life. She she is very much against ever hurting anybody she's like a, a real environmentalist apparently like oh man don't fucking kill people i'm so against that even though they murder people don't do but that that was, was aunt may's mo in other spider-man as well right like in spider-man 3 she basically tells toby mcguire spider-man basically the same thing with sandman right but so we do we do know Aunt as a character yeah, but like Aunt May as a character is normally 80. I thought this Aunt May was a totally different person. So I, I, the, it was news to me that she cared so much, but she convinced him to not do it. So he doesn't yeah. do it. Then we get to the third one, which uh, m might be the one that blows my mind the most. He thinks, okay, I'm going to try and heal them all. Okay, maybe, maybe this is a good idea. It's not, it's not. But maybe if you are like 10 IQ, you think this is a good idea. Nobody, nobody would then... Let all five of them out at the same time. You let them out one at a time, heal them, and send them home. Take one out, heal them, send them home. This fucker took out five villains who were all trapped together and clearly have a similar motive at the... Uh, crazy. Crazy. I couldn't believe it. As soon as he said, oh, I'm going to heal them, I was like, okay, I guess... He'll let out one at a time, and it'll be like a mini battle with each one. That's what I thought. He let them all out, and I went, oh, my, oh, my God. I, are you kidding me? Yeah, it was a little, a little too coincidental to move the plot along, but whatever. It was awesome. But, like, Just enjoy it, Quentin. Like you said, if you excuse three disastrously terrible plot points and just close your brain off and have fun it's very fun i do think it's a fun movie but uh you know uh, those first 45 I minutes up on all of those super decisions and it did bug me a little too i i picked up whatever you know i, yeah. I thought there's a lot of real conveniently stupid decisions being made to benefit the plot and i agree there was always smarter ways i could have gone about every single one of them to make it less abnormally weird i don't know less stupid i guess would be the best way to describe it but I still enjoyed it. It was still a very fun movie. Yeah, it is very fun. I have two other things that I personally uh, didn't enjoy, uh, but, but I just want to talk it out with you because I think on a rewatch, I'll start to excuse them because they, they just took uh, a different direction than what I was hoping they would take. Uh, the first one being the line, uh, with great power comes great responsibility. Uh, they gave it to the worst character of the film, Aunt May, which was really frustrating. As soon as you said it, I got very annoyed because 
they really like i don't know what the writers were doing are they intentionally trying to write the worst story ever because tristan they have toby mcguire in the movie toby mcguire who is now an old man you know similar to uh uncle ben why did they not have the moment where they're up on that roof like you said very great moment and they're talking about how they need to have to put aside the, like their difficulties and do what's best with their powers. Why didn't he look at Tom Holland and say, a great man once told me, with great power comes great responsibility. Like he got his pass on that line to the next Spider-Man. Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying, but I, I do think the way they did it was probably better overall. Mostly has to do with, I think, with Peter Parker's relationship, or Tom Holland's Peter Parker's relationship with Aunt May compared to his relationship with the other Peter Parker. You know, like him and Aunt May was his mother, basically, right? Who raised him for years, right? A single mother pretty much raised, raised him for, for years there. Her last lines to him were that line, right? And that, that line's the last line that traditionally Uncle Ben tells Peter Parker before he dies. Now this is the last line Aunt May told Peter Parker before she dies, right? The one that raised them, their, you know, their hero in their mind, the one who gave up their lives for the ideals that they believe. And Aunt May very clearly fit that role up. Uncle Ben traditionally plays for the other two Peter Parkers. Aunt May now plays that role for, for Tom Holland's Peter Parker. And I, I thought it was a, a good ending for her to go up with the most iconic line of any Spider-Man movie. Right? So the, the, basically, the, the line that turns Peter Parker into Spider-Man, yeah. you know, traditionally speaking. It, I, I think it was fitting that she is the one to deliver that to him just before she dies, much like Uncle Ben would traditionally do. Uh, but I agree. Maybe have having to, uh, Toby McGuire's Spider-Man say the line that would have been pretty good as well. I think it would have been more impactful for the audience, but less impactful for Tom Holland's Peter Parker. Yeah, well, guess who's watching the movie? My fucking ass, not Tom Holland's. I don't give a fuck if he's more empowered. But that was the thing that changed Spider-Man in, you know, Peter Parker into. The I get what you're saying. I get what you're at saying. The end of the movie. But at the same time, Tristan, the last piece of advice Aunt May gave him was a piece of fucking shit. So I don't know why he would take her advice after that. Uh, I don't know. I don't think she gives the best advice. But uh, I, get, I, I do get what you're saying. And they hit that theme when the three of them were all there. Because they all, you know, said that their loved one gave yeah. them the same line, right? So, like, that is clever. Uh, and, and I think for Tom Holland's arc, it's... It, it was a good route they went. I, I see the route they went. I just genuinely think that would, like, I think that would have made me tear up. I really think if Toby delivered that line and he, like, it would really be he's passing on the wisdom his uncle gave him. Like, I, I think it would have been an easy slam dunk. I really think it would have been the best moment of the film and they didn't do it, which is fine. I think on a rewatch, I, uh, knowing that. It would have been a really good moment, but I think the moment they had was. So it was, I get both arguments. Yeah, yeah, it was a good moment still. It wasn't like they traded for a terrible moment. It was still a good moment. And that leads to my next point, which uh, was the entrance of the two Spider-Mans. I didn't like it on this time around. Maybe on a rewatch, I'll find it m more fun. Uh, but I thought Ned and MJ being the ones to meet the two Spider-Mans through a portal that he got from a ring was a pretty bad decision. I thought, wow, like what what an anticlimactic entrance, right? Like maybe they had the first one, right? Like, okay, maybe they do the portal. Andrew Garfield comes in because that was pretty good. But as soon as they opened up the second one, we all thought it was Toby. The, the moment was already gone before it even happened. We, are, we all saw it coming. It was no longer epic. It was just, oh yeah, he's there too. 
and it's Toby. It's Toby fucking McGuire. They should have had a much bigger entrance for that. I think the second portal could have been, uh, you know, our boy Tom Holland. And then I really think Toby, they should have given him like, an, like in the middle of the fight, he swings in and stops a bad guy right before it kills Tom Holland. Like, wouldn't that have just been mind-blowing? I don't know why they did. Like, he just walked in in some normal clothes and he's like, yeah, I'm Toby Maguire, which like it was fine, but like they had Toby Maguire, Tristan. Like, don't you think I was ready for some epic moment? I knew he was coming. I thought it was going to be this epic moment, and it kind of just showed up. I liked the moment, but see, I actually didn't know the Spider-Man was going to be in or not. I stayed far away from spoilers, and of course, I heard all the whispers way prior to. But then I didn't watch the movie until a couple of days after it was out. But I never heard any of it in between the time from when it was out to when I watched it on Sunday. And so I thought, since I didn't hear any confirmation that period of time, I'm like, if it would have happened, I would have heard about it for sure. So then I started to think it probably wouldn't have happened. And then, of course, it ended up happening. And so I was pretty shocked. Oh, really? I wasn't, like, shock shock. I was like, oh, you know, 75% sure they were going to pop up. But I wasn't entirely sure. Yeah, so, so when I say I know, I wasn't spoiled. I saw it opening night. There was no spoilers that I found from it. I just knew it because it was so fucking obvious. But... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's what I was going off. I didn't actually know. By confident, I mean I didn't hear that they were there. But um, you know, going in, I knew the film was one of the highest rated Spider-Man films of all time, and I do not think that would have been the case if they weren't there. So I was, I, I would have bet a million dollars that they were there. Like I, there was no doubt in my mind. And so yeah, I thought there, I thought the entrance was pretty lame, but maybe on a rewatch I might find it more fun. I really thought they were just gonna swing in in the middle of a fight and save him, right? Like I thought that seems to be the right choice. And then that's what I thought going into yeah. it too. That's what I was expecting. Yeah, it just seemed to be the smart choice. I don't know what they were doing. Ned has the ring, right? So he yeah. gets the first Spider-Man, gets the second Spider-Man. He's clearly has the power to have a portal open up for a Spider-Man. And then after that, they're like, huh? We can't seem to find uh, Tom Holland. I guess uh, I guess we'll just go look at roofs. Why didn't he just go show me another fucking Spider-Man? Like, wh- like did he not? Did he forget that he has the ring? I literally, they're like, oh, I, how will we ever find him? I was like, you literally make two of them fucking appear. What do you mean? Are you gonna find him? Just keep there saying was it. A part when I thought he was gonna do it, like like the third time for Spider-Man. And I thought Miles Morales was going to walk in. And that's, I was kind of half okay. expecting that, too. Okay. And I thought I'm, that would have I'm, I'm glad we got into this. This is what I was thinking, Tristan. So this is where, uh, like, my hypes... I wasn't going to... I was debating if I was going to mention this or not, but you brought it up first. Going into the movie, I was hearing a lot of buzz online from critics and some fans. Because, uh, you know, I, I saw it opening night. But, like, Europe got to see it a day or two before. So I, I saw, yeah. like, some non-spoiler reviews. But they kept saying, you think you know what's going to happen in this movie. You have no idea. And I really thought, I was like, man, it's clear as fucking day. It's Toby and Hager are going to be there, right? Like, nobody was shocked about that. So I started thinking, I was like, are we going to see Miles Morales? Like, are we going to, like, is this really going to be a multiverse? Uh, and, and we didn't. Which, like, it's not a bummer for me. But it, it does, very, uh, the issue that I do have with this quote-unquote multiverse is it's the three properties that we already know, right? Like, what made Spider-Verse great, and we'll get to it here uh, shortly, what made Spider-Verse great is that they cr- 
brought in so many different characters that we don't even know, and that makes it actually feel like there is worlds of different Spider-Man that we have no capability of knowing, and it makes it actually feel like a multiverse. This was, there wasn't a single, like, I wanted one or two villains that I didn't actually know what they were from to actually feel like, okay, anything can fucking happen in this movie, but it felt very much like it was in its lane, it was a fun time, but it didn't feel like a multiverse. It just felt like, hey, let's look at Sony's properties. Yeah, exactly. I was really hoping that they would have introduced like a Miles, or like I said, even another, another villain in yeah, like, no offense, I think Sandman and Lizard are pretty fucking terrible in this movie. Get rid of both of them and just throw in two random villains we don't even know, right? Like, why don't we have, like, a normal Rhino, not like the robot Rhino, but, like, another iteration of Rhino, and then we're cracking jokes that he, like, likes rhinos instead of the lizard like in Lizards. Like, it could have done the same shtick, but it could have felt more vast, like, we're really in a multiverse here. And that's not even a fault in the movie. I just thought that would have made it more exciting. I still think the film is great. That's not even a knock on it because it was just, you know, I just think that'd be a cool idea. Um, and, and as a whole, I mean, we just went through a few of my issues with the film. I think as a whole, the film is still very fun. As we've already said, I think Green Goblin's great. I think all three Spider-Man, I don't think we touched on it too much. Together, the three of them are very fun. Like I just, every scene with the three of them together was a lot of fun. So I do think the movie's very good. Uh, they played off one another really well. Their chemistry between the three of them were fantastic. They're hilarious. I agree. Yeah. And I think it's mostly, uh, once again, I, I don't want to stroke Garfield's dick here, but I really think it was Garfield. I think Garfield any, absolutely crushed Every it. time he was with Toby, it was electric. Every time he was talking to Holland, it was great. And when the two, like Holland and Toby, when they were talking together, like it was fine. I was kind of just waiting for Garfield to jump in and make a joke. Like Garfield was uh, by far fantastic. Yeah. I would like to see him come back for another Holland film. Like, is that out of the realm of possibility? I don't think so. What's Garfield doing? He's doing Tick, Tick, Boom? Come on. He, he can do another Spider-Man film. I'm all for it. Yeah, I, I think so. Let's just finally make Amazing Spider-Man 3. Um, well, you know, if it's with different writers, sure. That's No Way Home. Anything else you want to say about it, Tristan? There's a, the movie has a lot going on. It, it just There's flies by. There's a lot by. of yeah. that movie. It's so good. I um, really enjoyed that one. I, I, it lived up to my very high expectations. Yeah, it didn't live up to my expectations, but I, I just think it's because I, you know, I'm normally not excited for an MCU film, and it's just an MCU film. Like, you know, it's hard. Like, I think I put the bar a little too high, and it's, it, it's one of the most fun MCU films. I still think it's a very good time, but I, you know, it's, it's a classic MCU storyline. But we can go on to number two, which, uh, you know, I, I have a lot to say about this one. Love the plot to the very first MCU film and, well, very first MCU Spider-Man film, and that is Spider-Man Homecoming. This one, this one's a really, really great movie. I agree. And we're on the same page here. Even though this is at number two, we both have it at number three. It's really freaking good. It's a fantastic, fantastic first entry for Tom. Yeah, I feel like people are kind of low on this one. I feel like this is a bit of a hot take on my end, but this is easily, well, one of the best MCU films overall, but the best MCU Spider-Man film. And I would say, obviously, I have it at number three here. It's my second favorite live-action Spider-Man film. Like this, like I would put this above some of the Raimi films. I think this film is really, really good. Uh, and I think it's mostly to do with the villain. I think this is one of the best. Uh, this and Doc Ock are my two favorite Spider-Man villains. Uh, and that's the Vulture. I think the Vulture is fantastic. 
Michael Keaton absolutely crushes it in this movie. Yeah. The uh, the the absolute best scene, I think, probably in any of the Spider-Man movie, is the scene when he's driving Peter Parker yeah. and Peter Parker's date, his daughter, to the to homecoming. That car ride is so freaking good. Yeah, it's very similar to Green Goblin, uh, William Defoe, and the Thanksgiving scene, where like yeah, he, they, they serve the same yeah. purpose. Yeah, well, they really do serve the same purpose because you know he he's got the knife, uh, and then Vulture, Mike Michael Keaton's got the gun. During those scenes, the villain catches on that uh, our, our hero is is the Spider Man. They 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 piece it together, and so both scenes are super captivating. Uh, and as much as I love. Sam Raimi's Thanksgiving scene with Willem Dafoe, which is a fantastic scene. Uh, this one kind of knocks it out of the park. It kind of amplifies it. Like, it's a little better here. I think this is incredible. Um, This is, like, a great scene, period. Like, I feel like MCU doesn't really, like, have these moments where it's subtle, right? Like, MCU's very much in your face, like, oh, CGI battle, epic lights, and flashing cuts. Like, this is a very slow cut. We're kind of in that car ride, soaking in the suspense here. Like, you know what's going on. You know he's catching on. And so they're talking, and Spider-Man's trying to, like, throw it off because he knows that that's the bad guy, and he doesn't want uh, his date to say anything. But, of course, she starts saying how Spider-Man came to save them at the monument. And, oh, that's odd. You weren't there, Tom. Where were you? Oh, no, 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 I was there. I'm pretty sure you weren't. That's kind of odd that you weren't with us when Spider-Man showed up. And so he start, uh, the bag starts to piece it together. And I love this moment where he's at the red light. And as soon as he clicks it in, as soon as she says a line that puts it all together, the green light flashes and his face turns green and his eyes are wide. And he knows Spider-Man is in his car. Like, dude, that like, MCU doesn't so do shit like that. Like that is just, is it's intense. It's fucking epic. It gets your heart pounding and yeah. there's not a single moment of physical action in it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. It is the most intense scene I think the MCU has ever had. Like, it, and there's not a single CGI action moment. It is just pure suspense. And then, of course, he tells him to stay in the car. She leaves, and he's in the car and holds up the gun. And it is, oh, it, it is, it's, it's good. It is crazy. I love it. The Vulture is a very layered character. Easily my favorite MCU villain. Uh, my second favorite Spider-Man villain. I think he's really, really good. And I think that also helps uh, with when we were a kid. I don't know if you read the comic book, but like our school library, St. Martha, you know, it was <laughs> our school in elementary school. You know, it wasn't the top-notch school that some of you other kids go to. We had one Spider-Man comic, I, or at least I only saw one. And I read that comic book, I think, three or four times. And the villain in that one was Vulture. And I thought he was the main... Uh, Spider-Man villain, I thought I was like, oh, this is the only one I've read. I've read it like three or four times, and I loved the Vulture from that comic book. Vulture is kind of like a childhood favorite, so seeing him in this film was fantastic. Yeah, uh, Vulture was really well done here, and he was way cooler of a bad guy than a guy with green wings has any right to be, that's for sure. He was way freaking cooler, and he was very well developed how he... He started off as an honest man making a living, and he got screwed over by, you know, the situation he was put in. He did whatever he had to do for his family, and they, it was really well done. And I think yeah. Tom Holland absolutely crushes it in this movie as Spider-Man. 
I think Tom Holland is a really great Spider-Man. You might not be any no Andrew Garfield, but he's still pretty. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How did this turn to an Andrew Garfield podcast? Like, man. Uh, I think he's just fantastic. I, I, I agree. He's, he's amazing. He's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> That's I what they kept saying. Hair? Come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I do agree with you, though. Tom Holland, I think a lot of people say No Way Home is his best performance. Maybe it is. I personally like him more in Homecoming. I just think he, I think it's because he's so young. It really feels like you're in a high school with these kids. Like it really gets like a John Hughes vibe with all these it characters. It really feels like a coming of age movie. Yeah. Uh, first, a Spider-Man movie second, and I love that. Yeah, and I think having such a minimal villain like the Vulture, which is you know not a super like monumental villain for him to take out, is just some dude with some wings. Uh, I think that's a good starting villain for spider-man i thought it worked well for him and yeah i think the fact that his story arc is he's picking up scraps of the alien pieces like he's literally a vulture just picking up scraps like that's really fun like i think i i can't say enough i think he's a fantastic villain the movie's great i think the final action where like like the airship that's pretty whatever it's 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 pretty bad but you know uh, I, I, honestly, I, the, by the last 20 minutes, I'm already uh, stoked. I, I don't really care what happens at the ending. I, I, I'm loving it too much. So what's our, what's our number one yeah, movie? Yeah, so in, in case you guys haven't noticed, uh, number one, it's not part of any trilogy. There, there's no sequel out for it yet, unlike the rest of these movies we've discussed. And it's the only animated film so far uh, for this franchise, and that is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, easy number one, really. As, as, uh, like, as much as I like the other ones, easy number one. Look, I, I don't want to say anything is perfect or, or completely flawless, but this is probably as close as you can ever get to a flawless. Yeah. Uh, pretty much everything this movie tries to do it absolutely knocks out of the park. Every character moment is fantastic. The animation was great. All the voice acting is top-notch. Even the freaking soundtrack is killer in this movie. There, there, There's really few flaws to touch on in this film. This film is... Pretty much as perfect as an animated Spider-Man movie can be, it pretty much does. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. We both have this at number one. And yeah, this really would be, obviously this is my favorite comic book movie ever. I believe this is my second favorite animated film ever. And yeah, this is the only comic book movie that would be in my top 40, I'm pretty sure. Uh, or even maybe top 50. Like, I really think this is... This is a league of its own. The animation is the best. It's probably one of the best animation I've seen in a movie. Uh, the story is so great. It is so layered. Uh, the use of the multiverse really feels like you're in a vast universe. And what makes a sequel exciting to me is they really, it feels like they just touched the tip of the iceberg here. Like there's so much like that they can do with this. And I think that's what makes the sequel interesting. I'm actually kind of, well, I'm very excited for it. Uh, and yeah, this really feels like it's, it, there's no knowing how this world goes. Like, No Way Home, this multiverse is great, but this one really feels like anything could happen. Like, there's a spider pig, for Christ's sake, right? Like, there's an anime Spider-Man. There's a noir Spider-Man. There is no limit to this movie. And I think the voice acting is great. Like you've said, Nick Cage as the noir Nick Spider-Man is so, is so funny. Uh, the pig is John Mulaney, which is a fa- he's a, he's a great stand-up comedian. He's perfect. Like every voice casting is perfect for this movie. There's honestly, I'm with you, Tristan. This might be the shortest discussion because there's no flaws. There's li- this movie really is the perfect comic book movie. I'm surprised that 2018 this movie came out. 
why isn't more companies looking at all of their comic book characters and going, okay, how can we make this into an animated movie? Because this proved animation works best for superheroes. I, I, I'm shocked there's no reveal that DC or Marvel, by Marvel I mean the MCU, like there's no announcement for any animated movies coming out. Maybe it's because this made the least amount of money, but I feel like That's this is why. clearly That's known as the best. Far the smallest opening weekend, it overall I think made the least money of any of these movies. Yeah. Even though it is pants down the best. As unfortunate to say, I have seen almost all the Spider-Man movies, not the Venom ones, but the Spider-Man movies, in theaters. The only two I haven't seen in the theaters are Amazing Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. And it's one of the movies I regret most not seeing in theaters to go see it. Because I absolutely love this movie. As Yeah, it's as good of a movie can really get. The How this was not nominated for Best Picture in 2018 of all freaking years, when there was nothing good for nominated for Best yeah. Picture that year. Like, Should have won. This one, hands down, deserved to win it, and it wasn't even nominated. Just because it's an animated superhero movie, it's so much more than that. And this really does the whole thing well of having a grand multiverse, a, ma- a vast world, you know, but still having a really focused story around Miles Morales and his his relationship with his father and his struggle, you know, at growing up through high school and, and, and the difficulty he faces. It still managed to be really small and really, really tight around Miles Morales' character, his relationship with his father, his relationship with his uncle, and how all these other Spider-Men and Spider-Women come into his life and kind of impact him in so many different ways. It, it, it never loses sight on what it's about while still being big and massive and, you know, this sprawling world of billion different Spider-People all over the place. And I think the animation really helps with the multiverse. Like, obviously, I think the multiverse works well for No Way Home. But to use the multiverse in an animated film means each universe can have a very unique style. Like, each one definitely looks like they belong in a different world, which you can't really do with live action. Like, animation works so well for this format. And I really think any superhero comic book movie... Well, you know, it's not guaranteed. You can definitely butcher an animated film, but I do think odds are you can make a better version of that movie with animation, unless you're going for like a dark, gritty film like Dark Knight. But most of the time, I think animation works well. And with all the multiverses, uh, all these worlds, each character stylized was unique. The anime Spider-Man was so cool. The noir one was awesome. Uh, I, I really think the style of this film is so unique it'll stand the test of time i think this is a movie you'll be showing like professors will be showing film graduates like i think they'll be show i think they'll be showing them this film in like if they haven't already in like the next few years like i think this is a staple for filmmaking that people will be looking at for years to come like it, it is truly groundbreaking and i don't think i would ever say that for a film that came out in the 2010s like it's hard to say a movie is groundbreaking in the modern era because it's hard to even know what really has moved cinema forward but there's no doubt in my mind this movie has like i really think mitchell versus the machines is an example where it's kind of changed its style now Uh, i think animated movies and hopefully live action movies are going to kind of want to take some of these risks with their storytelling because it's this movie is incredible yeah i think that's really shown that you can do so much more with animation than just your standard pixar disney animated affairs which i of course still love yeah. There's a whole bunch more you can do with animation, and that I think at least the Western world hasn't really explored as much as say like places like Japan and stuff, which are much more diverse in their you know animation for all different ages and genres and all that kind of stuff. I think it's it's starting to come here in Spider Verse. I think it's up towards that having 
you know, not serious, almost definitely a family affair, a family movie. This isn't, you know, a gritty pick by any any means. But it's not your colorful, over-the-top, you know, singing songs with animals, that kind of stuff movie. It's goofier, sillier, different animation styles. It takes more risks. It tries more things. And it, it successfully does all of it. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And to think that uh, Incredibles 2 almost beat this for best animated film, like... Oh my, I would have been so mad. I would have, I, I would have never forgiven the Oscars if they did that. Yeah, I'm glad if at least got recognition there. But yeah, truly underrated for 2018, really. Like, I feel like obviously critics and fans loved it. But yeah, it was not watched by many and it was not received well awards wise. Like, uh, it's uh, hopefully Spider Man into the Spider Verse, the sequel. Hopefully that's where it's at. Hopefully. I think it's called Across the Spider-Verse. Yeah, Across the Spider-Verse, part one. Do you think the part one's going to hurt? Like, like, do you think, obviously, this is going to do better than the first one, box office-wise? Because people are hyped. Like, this truly is uh, yeah. a monumental film. Do you think, uh, what's your prediction? Is this going to be in the top five grossing Spider-Man films? Because I don't even know if it could. No, I don't know. I think the other one just made way too much money. Yeah. Uh, the other Spider-Man movies have just been too successful for an animated movie to beat it. I think the part one will hurt it. And honestly, I, I hope it's phenomenal. I hope it's even better than Spider-Man, but it's going to have to be something incredible to yeah. live up to. It's yeah, I'm going to be honest with you, yeah. The fill. The shoes that have to fill are ginormous. And I fear, because it probably won't be as good as Spider-Verse, the headlines are going to be coming up not as good as the original. Big step down. Has yeah. they, have they lost the magic? Even though I'm sure it's going to be phenomenal. It's yeah. going to be an amazing, amazing movie. I, I believe it. But uh, yeah, it probably won't be quite as good. And because I think because of that, the word of mouth will be anywhere near as good. Yeah. And I'm going to try and keep myself in check here. You know, I kind of got too hyped for No Way Home. I, I got to take a step back. Uh, I can't expect this to be, uh, you know, the next greatest animated film of all time, like the original. It's it's big shoes to fill. It really is. So I think if we all enter the theater with like a reasonable, uh, you know, uh, head on our shoulders and with reasonable expectations, I do think this film uh, it is going to be great. I, th- I think it really will be. We just need to kind of not expect the next coming of animation here. Yeah. And go into it with the same expectation I have with like Michelle's. They're probably a pretty good animated movie, but a, uh, you know, that's all I'm hoping for. I agree. So uh, that, that's the list. There we go. The animated film made it on top. Uh, overall, a pretty, a pretty great franchise. I think Spider-Man, uh, I, I've said it, before and i'll say it again uh he'll be probably one of the only guys i'll go to a theater to check out now for for a spider or for any superhero film i really think spider-man even if i'm not even that excited i'll see it in a theater i I just like spider-man i think he translates well to film i think he's the most rootable and human superhero out there i think that's what makes him great for you know kids and then people that were kids i i just think spider-man's great i think that's what makes uh these films hold up over time i think uh none of these films have gotten worse on a rewatch for me well okay except for far from home that got worse but in, you know most of the time they don't get worse like they still hold up because he's rootable you, you just love to see him all the villains are great uh you know whatever films they have with spider-man tristan uh bring them on i'm excited spider-man and batman are easily my two favorite superheroes they're both normal superheroes and they both have great gallery island and even other sort of like heroes, I guess, or anti-villains who pop in and help them out from time to time. 
They both have great categories of characters. And I think Spider-Man has more number-wise, more good movies compared to Batman by far. Batman's got some phenomenal films, of course, but Spider-Man's got so many great movies. There are at least seven movies, seven Spider-Man movies that I think are phenomenal. I think are, are genuinely great films, movies I put on and, and enjoy every time I watch them. And then, of course, there's also Venom's and Amazing Spider-Man movies, which, you know, have their problems, but <laughs> yeah. they're okay, I guess. But, uh, yeah, there's, you know, the Tom Holland trilogy, the Sam Raimi trilogy, the Spider-Verse movie, they're all so, so good with great villains, great characters, and Spider-Man's just hilarious. I, I love Spider-Man. The idea of a teenager with the ability of a, of a spider is silly, but somehow works. I know we're already past these movies, but I just want to quickly say, I was thinking about a few days after I watched No Way Home. How awesome would it have been if Doc Ock had a scene with the female Doc Ock from Spider-Verse? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would have been awesome. Yeah. yeah I, I was, a few days ago, I just I had that thought, and I thought, man, yeah, that, that would have been really, really good. Hey, here's the crazy part, though, Quentin. Just because No Way Home didn't have the balls to do there's always a shot that Across the Spider-Verse does. Yeah, that's a good point. Across the Spider-Verse, like, Spider-Verse is not afraid to do crazy stuff. And it's still a Sony property. Especially, let's say, Andrew Garfield, for example. People love him. Is there, like, a realm of possibility where they, like, break into a live action for, like, ten minutes and he interacts with Andrew Garfield? I guarantee you, if they ask Andrew Garfield, he says yes. <laughs> there's no way he's saying no to that. He would love that. Andrew Garfield would be there to heartbeat. <laughs> He Not just wants to see Spider-Man yeah. again. Yeah. I think he loves Spider-Man so much, but he knows his suck. So I think he's willing to jump at any opportunity. I think he will too. Yeah, it's not because he's like not getting good projects, right? Like he's he's great, but I do I think, think yeah, I think he just really likes playing Spider-Man. Yeah, he's so good. He's so good for Spider-Man. Yeah, I'll tell you right now. I, I you know I I hope that would work. Um, I'm sure it would. Uh, quick live action section. Uh, yeah, anything with Andrew Garfield, I'll be stoked. That would be pretty good. One of them isn't afraid to do it. It is fucking Spider Verse. They'll risk it. Oh, yeah. they're willing. Yeah, they're willing to take risks, and they'll pull it off too. That's the crazy part. Yeah, yeah, they, they'll find a way. I'm. I really am blown away by how Spider Verse worked. Like, I really did not think it would work. Like, yeah, I didn't see it in theaters. I was really not clamoring for it. Uh, it really is. A huge, surprising achievement. I don't really know it. Anybody knew what they had in their back pocket there. Especially for Sony, really. If you looked at their track record for animated films, I think it was a bit of a surprise. They kind of turned it around there. The last couple stuff I've all really yeah. enjoyed. Yeah, I really Ever, think, I think that was their... I think that was like their breaking moment. I think that's when they realized, oh, wait, we can make good stuff. Wow. Wait, animated movies can also be good? <laughs> yeah. Hold on. They don't we, have regurgitated garbage like what Illumination makes every time. Yeah. You put time and effort and have a good movie come out of it. Hold on a second. You can have an animated movie that's not about emojis? What? This is madness. There's no talking fruits. No one will come watch this. <laughs> yeah, so that's everything for Spider-Man. Uh, you know, It was a great discussion, Tristan. Are you buying No Way Home as soon as it's out on Blu-ray? Um, I mean, I don't really have any of the Spider-Man movies, I don't think, on, on digital media. That's but fair. But this was definitely a series of films I'm going to look into getting for sure. So, yeah, I'll probably own, own No Way Home on Blu-ray at some point in time. Yeah, the only one I have so far is Spider-Verse. That's the only one I got. 
It's the only one that really matters, eh? Yeah. Well, anyways, that's everything for Spider-Man. Uh, we'll see you guys. Well, we'll see you and a few others shortly uh, in just a few weeks, or I guess it'd be in a bit over a month at this point for the 2021 ranking, uh, the next big ranking. I have so many movies I have to go watch. <laughs> I, feel like, uh, I feel like I'm pretty close. I feel like I got like 20 total left, so I feel like I'm fine. Yeah, I think I got like 30 total left, so. Yeah, I'm watching Which, one. That's okay, that's nothing. I did 30 like a week before the first time we did Yeah, that. that's fair, yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, you're fine. I, I feel, I'm, we're watching one tonight, so we're not watching one right I've out. already watched like three today. Yes, your chosen's killing it. He's, he's good to go. Imagine only one of them is actually on the podcast. The other two just is hating to put the, the freaking third in the trilogy on there. <laughs> I have to watch the first two. To be yeah, that's true. Anyways, that's everything on our end. Have a fantastic day, guys.